What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Uh, this is Duke. I hope everybody's doing good. You know, I genuinely mean that. Today was a busy day. We had to go to the March for Jesus, and then we were at, uh, we went from the March for Jesus, then right to the uh, Taste of Jamaica for the um, Crisis Pregnancy Center, uh, Pre Crisis Pregnancy Resource Center uh, of Jamaica. And uh, we were there filming, and it was such a beautiful event. Cat Weird did a, a wonderful job. Uh, you know, as always, you know, she's she's such a wonderful person. The, the event was at, at uh, Freedom Fellowship. Of course, the uh, other event was um, at downtown Norfolk, you know. So it, it was really a great event, guys. It, I was really proud of everybody who's our work. I'd like to see the body of Christ show up more uh, to events that we put together. Like, you know, I, I you know, I, I get... Um, very frustrated for uh, I get very frustrated you know when I think about the secular world and how they support each other and how they come out and uh, that really bothers me um, you know because I'm like where we, we've got to now I can say for the taste of Jamaica man the, the good job Freedom Fellowship and uh, family and friends you, you guys actually showed up uh, that was pretty cool to see you guys really come through like that. Uh, that made me proud. That that made me proud. You know, I love seeing uh, people show up for each other and, and support one another. It, it's just it's critical, guys. It, it's critical. We are like not like any other culture when it comes to the believers. We're not like any other. We absolutely uh, need each other, and I, I want you guys to never make that mistake of thinking that in the body of Christ. We don't need each other. That is a farce. That is a lie. It's not the truth. We absolutely need each other. God meant to do it that way. We were designed that way. Uh, don't get tired of being there for your brothers and sisters because the enemy's always consistently pounding. See, one of the things that I that I observe uh, about people is that, and it's, it's, it's strange, it's when all hell breaks loose, people go, oh, why didn't you tell me? I would have been right there. It's like, no, you wouldn't have. No, no, you wouldn't have. You know, uh, sorry about that. I'll, I'll pause that real quick. Uh, but yeah, it's like no, you wouldn't have actually. You you would have you would have let somebody hit rock bottom. You know, uh, and, and so it bothers me that there's a delusion that the body of Christ has. You know, uh, there's this delusion that the body of Christ has that it's doing what it's supposed to do. And it's and on so many levels, it's not. We've got to get out of celebrityism where we only show up if there's some celebrity preacher talking or we only show up when there's uh, some opportunities for money. We've got to start showing up because the spirit of God is there. We've got to start showing up because it means something that we show up. And most importantly, we got to start showing up for each other. Uh, but before we get started, I want, to, I want to show you guys something that's very important on June 13th. I want you to check this. Hi, I'm Tim Ritter at Family Fun Experience Theater, and we want to welcome you to a very special event. We do special events here a lot besides our regular shows. We love to host events, any kind of special events you may have, including we've done a number of film screenings and film festivals here, but we've got a very special film coming up on June 13th called Dinner and a Movement. And I'll let the, 
director of the film tell you a little bit more about the film, but it's a very special film about a very special moment in history that not a lot of people have a lot of information about. And I'm thrilled to see the film myself here coming up. Um, but I know the film is called Dinner in a Movement. We are planning to have some kind of dinner here as an option for you as well, or just come and enjoy the film. But we really hope you can join us on June 13th at Family Fun Experience Theater, 206 16th Street. And if you're looking for uh, tickets to that show, you can go to ffxshow.org. Or if you're looking to uh, book your own special event here, you can also go to ffxshow.org and let us know what you'd like us to help plan for you. Hi, I'm Michael Mines, and I am the director of a new film uh, called Dinner and a Movement. Uh, the heart of Dinner and a Movement is to bring people together and, and talk about race and relations and, and politics and, and all the things they tell us not to talk about on our job. Uh, I have a group. Uh, my group is called Jonah's Run. And a year or so ago, we recorded a video called Until You Treat Me Right. And when we performed the song live, it got so much backlash uh, from racist people saying things like, uh, tell the N-words to stop breaking the law and, and, and they deserve to die. And I hope cops kill more of them. So what we did, instead of becoming angry about it or bitter, uh, we invited people to come out and talk. Some of those same people, we sent an invitation to them to come out, have dinner with us, dinner on us, and let's talk about race relations in this country. In doing so, we also encountered some members of a lost piece of history, some ancestors of the contraband decision. The contraband decision happened right here in Hampton Roads at Fort Monroe, and it is the impetus. It is what started the ball rolling to the release of the slaves and freedom in America. And it has been largely lost to history. And so we also invited descendants of the contraband decision to sit down with us. So there was a former racist. There were white people, black people, uh, Native Americans, uh, all types of people from all walks of life. And we talked and we hashed it out. No punches were pulled. No feelings were hurt just talk and you get to witness it all on camera. Learn about history and learn a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your brother from another mother. June 13th, here at the Family Fun Experience. Can you see my We know that it's not a black or white thing. But somebody made a black right. right. That's the key. Right. That's right. Somebody made a black white thing. Mm -hmm. My lawyer is black. My doctor is black. This one's black. So this stuff isn't really happening to black people. I know why because if this is America and we're supposed to pride ourselves on being free, I don't want to trade white oppression for black oppression. You know, where black people telling you, you can't listen to this, you can't love this person, you can't go, that's white. But not just the dark skinned white man. One day when our house caught on fire and I wasn't there, these two people that hated each other both came to my bedroom thinking I was in there, pulled my bed out on fire thinking I was still in there. Oh. The colors didn't matter at that moment. Not a bit. We think that we all in this room together. So be human as you walk out of here. Don't be black or white. Be human. Hopefully, it was more than just dinner. Hopefully, it was dinner and a movement. You know, uh, 
when I look at some of the, the, the opportunities that God has given us to bring such wonderful, uh, meaningful content to the people of God, you know, uh, it, it never ceases to amaze me how creative God is and, and the things that he wants us to accomplish and the things that he wants us to do and, and what we're capable of doing. Um, and, you know, comingsoonjesus.org is designed to bring to the forefront all of the wonderful things that God is doing into uh, the public and to show that not only is God real, but he's active in our lives today, that he's, he's doing things now um, and that we don't have to wonder if he's still with us. He's still with us. God is still with us, you know, and, and, you know, he, he hasn't lost control at all, you know? Uh, and so when I look at things like the dinner and the movement, now dinner and the movement, it is going to challenge and change America forever. Uh, the, 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 the content of dinner and the movement is going to, you guys, you have to RSVP. You're going to have to go to uh, the FFX show, uh, ffxshow.org to get your spot. It is going to pack out. Um, it, it's going to pack out for sure. Uh, but, you know, Dinner in a Movement is, uh, it's a wonderful documentary. And I'm like, guys, you're going to want to, you're going to want to be a part of this. Uh, it's history in the making. And these are the opportunities and moments we cannot afford to miss, you know. I'm serious, folks. These are this is real. These are real moments. These are the real. This, you know, and, and I, I wonder what is it about the body of Christ where we feel like we don't need to show up to these types of things, but we absolutely do. Right now, brothers and sisters, we are definitely asking for your support. Uh, we need help big time. We've got to, uh, we've got to come up with some serious you know, money because we've got to pay off, uh, obviously. So let me just be transparent guys. I'm my best when I don't have to tiptoe over words and I don't have to like say stuff like that. Everybody wants to hear what I'm just allowed to be myself, but doing this media thing and doing the preaching thing, it's a lot of pressure because there's people who say things like, Oh yeah, well, if you say this, then we can't support you. We say that, but if you just let me be myself and just say what I need to say, uh, Man, there's just so much more effective that way. Uh, For 20 years, my family and myself have been committed to sharing the message that Jesus is coming soon. Right? That's what we do. We tell people that Jesus is coming soon. We want the body of Christ to be ready. And we want others to, to know the truth that he is coming soon. That Yeshua is coming soon. Yeshua, the Messiah, is coming soon. And... We got a, a store in the mall. At first, Greenbrier Mall was dying, and they didn't give us any mercy. Uh, when we when we went in there, they made it seem like we were going to be this happy family. And we got in there. It was like, if you don't pay me, you know, they're going to just destroy us, right? And so that, that was a difficult time hitting Greenbrier Mall. And then we left Greenbrier Mall, and we came to Lynn Haven Mall. You know, uh, Lynn Haven Mall was a lot better. Uh, we did we did a lot better in Lynn Haven Mall than we did in Greenbrier. Uh, then Hope, Hope is Hope, folks. Uh, she's a wonderful person, but uh, you know she's full of energy and 
Hope just her behavior started getting us in some trouble. You know, her behavior started getting us in some trouble and they moved us because of her behavior. Uh, of course, the kids being at the kiosk every day, they, they lost focus and, you know, stopped concentrating on, you know, because they were there every single day. You know what I mean? And they, they, they did a better job than I, me being up there. When I was up there, when I would go to the kiosk, uh, we'd make, you know, be a $5 day. Uh, then the same thing started happening to the kids and they it just started draining them. It didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, yeah, I saw the effects and, you know, and we were trying so hard. And the reason why I was draining everybody is because of the fact that we were trying to get the body of Christ to show up to the mall and to help us share the gospel, you know, uh, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't think people saw the value in what we were doing. I, just, I genuinely don't. Then after a while, we just be, kind of became a nuisance in the mall because of the fact that uh, we get, we kind of just became a nuisance in the mall because the uh, LGBTQ uh, audience and influence started to grow in the mall. And so we just started getting smaller and smaller. The, the satanic movement started to come in and we started getting smaller. So eventually what happened is we just, we just became like uh, annoying to the people that we used to be a blessing, but because of the lack of support. And then every month it was, you know, every month to be totally honest with you, I was, I was already in super debt, you know, uh, from being in Greenbrier and we tried to walk in faith, uh, but we just could not build the support. Um, we're, you know, the, the Facebook doesn't show all of our posts. We couldn't get people to share the post. That was another thing is that uh, everybody just kind of, it's so funny when it comes to the things of God, people, people can so easily be like, well, if you don't do this my way, then we're not going to, we're not going to support it at all. You know, and that's guys, that's sabotaging. That's, that's like, that that's straight up sabotaging. You know what I mean? Uh, when you have the ability to help, but just don't because, you know, someone doesn't do something the way you want it done. Uh, and so you, then you don't help. That's, that's a hundred percent sabotaging. And uh, that's what a lot of people did to us. It's like, if you don't, uh, if you don't do this, the Catholic way, if you don't do this, the Baptist way, if you don't do this, if, if you if you don't believe in the oneness, if you don't believe in, um, the Trinity, if you don't believe you know, it was, it was always a reason why people wouldn't support, you know, uh, and so my, my biggest thing is that, you know, I, like we're out here on the front lines, you know, preaching the gospel and, you know, all we've ever needed, all we ever wanted was to live for God, to please God and to, uh, you know, build the, the, the kingdom of God and see the Bible because, because we're not confused about what our calling is. We're not confused about who God called us to be. We're not confused about, you know, what we're, what we're really seeing here is, you know, what we're really seeing here is the word of God. You know, what we're seeing here is the, the love of God, you know, uh, and, and I mean, that's what we're here to represent is to be a vessel for the love, the word, the, the truth of God to come out. Uh, Angela says, don't shut me down. I don't know what that means. What does that mean, Angela? I don't know what that means. Don't shut me down. Uh, and but what we notice is that 
people would always uh, have this ability to criticize uh, us, but they wouldn't take the chance of doing what we're doing, or they so they didn't understand exactly what the ministry was even about, what we were called to do, and how we're called to, you know, to empower. Uh, the body of Christ, they didn't understand. And so, uh, of course, there were these times where I was having these ups and downs because the pressure was just so intense. And when I decided that we were going to shut the kiosk down, it was because it was becoming a burden on the children. It was becoming uh, impossible financially as we fell deeper and deeper in debt. And, you know, uh, uh, it, it was one of these things that... Uh, that hit me so hard, you know, because we've been doing it for 20 years. Uh, and I noticed that so, so many people started saying, Duke, you should just shut it down, man. You should just shut it down. And, and the reason why that was always hurtful is because it seemed like it was always easier for people to, it was always easier for people to say, shut it down. than it was for people to say, I'll stand by you, brother. Because a lot of the reason why we didn't have a lot of the money and the finances is because I would stand by my brothers and sisters who wouldn't be consistent and stand by you know, us. And that's something I had to be really real with. That's something I had to accept, that I poured a lot of time and resources into people that would not think twice about, you know, um, helping anything that I'm doing. And people don't have a problem taking at all. Giving is a struggle. Supporting is a struggle. But the number one thing that people, and I, and I thought to myself that if I just continue supporting people, they'll understand that our ability to support people was based off uh, the success of coming soon, Jesus. And I wanted people to know that we were serious, that we're not, uh, you know, that we're not, you know, just trying to make money, that we're, we're, we're genuinely here trying to support the body of Christ. I mean, the, the coming soon Jesus shirts are what purchased our cameras. The coming soon Jesus shirts helps us not have to charge people things that they can't afford. We, we, we were able to do a lot of free stuff to help promote people uh, in their visions and their ministry and their businesses. We're able to do a lot of free things because we have the sales of the shirts that, uh, that come through. And so uh, we also have, of course, our, our business section here, but it seemed like no matter what we did, no matter how much we tried to support, no matter how much we tried to love people, uh, it was always like, you know, we were always an afterthought. And that's fine. That's okay. Uh, but, you know, we've got to grind and we've got to connect with those that we can connect to who says, hey, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's do this thing. You know, so we're not, we're not even focusing on the people that don't get it. I'm focusing on the people that get it. You know, uh, that's, that's my focus, not the people that don't get it. I'm focused on the people that do get it. Um, we are in a tough situation right now. The, of course, the, the bills come crashing down on us, you know, and, you know, nobody has any real mercy or uh, understanding. It's like, hey, business is business, you know. And 
And I want to share this with everybody. I want to share this with innovators and creatives. You look, you know, count it a blessing when you meet people that are, that can say, "Hey, we'll work with you. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll figure this out." You know, uh, but you just remember, the majority of people are going to be like, "Hey, dude, give me my money," especially when it comes to money. Uh, it seemed like no matter what we did, no matter how we tried to help people, it was always a reason why people just could not support uh, us consistently, no matter how much we were there for people, no matter how much, and you know, and, and I'm not whining about it. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people would say that's what I was doing. It's like, no, dude, we're asking people to help us buy the coming soon Jesus shirt, like to buy the coming soon Jesus shirt so that we can, we can build something for the body of Christ, not just for ourselves, but for the body of Christ. And it, it's amazing how when people don't want to do something, that they know they should, they'll find a reason to discredit it. I think that that's very interesting. Uh, interesting. Like, instead of just saying, like, like for, for example, instead of just saying, hey, Duke, how can we support? It was easier for people to say, yeah, Duke, it's time to let it go. And it's like, dude, you're saying it's time to let it go, but you don't even know what we're letting go. You know, you're like the people, the relationships, the, you know, that were developed, the encouragement that was developed, the, the fact that the word of God was being a light in the, in the mall. And, and it's like, why, why is it for believers that it's always easier to let our stuff go? And that, that really gets under my skin, you know, uh, but I wanted to show you some stuff with coming to Jesus that we're doing. Uh, well, of course we have a business section. Um, and I want to tell you, a little bit about some things. First of all, first of all, Ruth Roman, uh, her book is phenomenal. Uh, she's a phenomenal person. So I haven't had a chance to read the book yet, but I wanted to show you that she is an absolute phenomenal person. I've had the chance to have her here at the radio station, uh, as well as uh, meet her at the mall. And she is just such a focused woman of God. So you have Ruth Roman, uh, make sure you support her. Go to her website. Powerful testimony. Powerful story. Uh, and you don't want to miss uh, what she brings to the table as the body of Christ, who she is. Uh, then you have more cyber ed, uh, which is cybersecurity. Okay. I'm trying to get churches to understand the importance of cybersecurity. Uh, very important. Uh, cybersecurity is critically important. Um, because of the fact that we are moving and in, advancing into a technological generation where they're doing more and more and more, and we've got to increase our ability uh, to protect our family and friends, especially the elderly, uh, people who may not be technical and end up in a situation they don't want to be in, finances, uh, being fraud, fraudulent. You know, uh, we don't want people dealing with that because of the fact that you know, there's a there's a generation that that that's offering the information. All we have to do as a church is is take it. We have the FFX Theater, Dream Alive, Justice Pictures, uh, Clyde Forty One. I mean, some amazing, amazing uh, programs. And this is in the business section, folks. If you go to the business section of the website, uh, you can pay to be on this spot for the business section on the website there is a you know it's like two hundred dollars 
uh, and it's two hundred dollars uh, for one month, but it's six hundred dollars for the entire year. Six hundred dollars for the year. You'll be on the business section. Uh, then we have events and news. This is where we promote your events. Uh, so if you see all these events have already happened, but these are great events to check out. Um, the World's Glide hasn't happened yet, but uh, these are great events that you get to check out here. On coming soon, Jesus. .org. So make sure you check these events out. We got to update some more uh, events because, but you can also, any events that you're doing in your local area, wherever you are around the world, we can post it up here. Of course, you got Patrick Williams, the Music Fest. I mean, there's so many wonderful, cool things going on uh, that we uh, we try to promote and, and to, to celebrate. Uh, we're trying to build kingdom culture, folks. Uh, that's what we're doing is building kingdom culture. And uh, I want you to know that we genuinely, genuinely love everybody. And, uh, you know, and we were trying to build something that the sons and daughters of God can be proud of, you know, and say, hey, this is our culture. This is who we are. Uh, this is what this is about. Okay. So if you want to know why we do what we do, it's because we want to empower the body of Christ. That's why I, I, you know, I love building. I had someone say this. Someone said, Duke, if you focused on your ministry the way you support other ministries, you guys wouldn't be in the situation that you guys are in. And I, I got to correct that because that's that's not a, that's an error thinking. Because the truth of the matter is, our ministry is designed to empower others. That's who we are. That that's what we do is we build other people up. Uh, you know, like that's what our purpose is, is to build other people up. We don't want it to just be about us. Uh, that it, and, and that bothers me so much when people think that uh, we're just out here trying to do. No, we're trying to say, guys, this is not the same America that, that we grew up with. It's about to get worse. And we've got to stick together. We've got to learn how to empower each other, help each other, support one another. If if we don't, we're literally just handing each other over to poverty when really we are like God has brought us together to support one another so that we don't have to deal with poverty. It's it's the world's not prepared for the love that God has, is, is, is willing to show. And so one of the things I want to do is uh, show you guys some of the businesses that we already support there we go check this out hi i'm robert shepherd america has approximately 580,000 homeless people my area of virginia estimates 5,783 people living on the streets a google search can show the homeless number in your state you can make a difference. Please send a message that God loves the homeless and has not forgotten them. Go to www.comingsoonjesus.org and click on Fundraising. Purchase the Coming Soon Jesus t-shirt or hoodie. The CSJ team delivers the shirts and hoodies to homeless shelters, churches, and even directly to the homeless. Together, we can make a difference. Together, we can help the homeless. Please go to www.comingsoonjesus.org. Purchase a t-shirt or hoodie for the homeless today. God bless you as you bless the homeless.
Current FM has good news. The FCC has approved our application to triple our radio signal. We get to go up in power. We've been praying for this for so long, but we can't do this without your help. We are asking you to help fund this power increase as we'll need to buy a bigger transmitter and antenna. The price for these items alone will be approximately $75,000. Can you help us reach the amount needed so we can quickly get the power increase up and going? You can easily donate securely online at CurrentFM.com. You can also send in a check to Current FM, 3500 Virginia Beach Boulevard, Suite 201, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23452. We are nonprofit and tax deductible. It's because of your prayers that we received favor from the FCC, and we can't thank you enough for those prayers and for your financial support through the years. Help Current FM in reaching more people and seeing more lives changed in the years ahead. Countless men have given their lives to service in this country, in military and law enforcement, and the aftermath is young men are left without fathers to lead them forward. A life camp is a camp we've built for boys that lost their fathers either from military service or law enforcement. This camp was designed to offer young men the opportunity to get out in the wilderness with a team of mentors who can guide them on their journey of what it means to become a godly man. What these guys are gonna experience in this week in the great outdoors is an opportunity to learn about what it means to be a young man in characteristics that are important in life. Hard work, discipline, integrity, honesty, and really progress and grow into strong young men. The experience is over the top. We want to be there for these boys going forward for years to come. If you know of a family we can help or to support this ministry financially, log on to lifecampusa.org. Hi, my name is Darren Moore, and I am the owner and founder and instructor, of course, at More Cyber Ed. More Cyber Ed is a very unique cybersecurity training program. Are you looking for a job? Guess what? We provide job training for you. In just 18 weeks, we have two courses. One, Cyber Fundamentals, which helps you to learn all of the basics of cybersecurity. And then number two, which is Security Plus Extended, which helps to prepare you to take the CompTIA Security Plus certification exam. Now, after you complete these two courses and after you complete your certification exam, you are qualified to walk into a job. Now, it's that easy. Now, is there a lot of work in there? Yes, but guess what? You're worth it. Isn't it about time that you invest in yourself? Make sure you check out www.morecybered and click on that free preview. It's a course designed exclusively for you in mind. Check it out. What do you have to lose? Your future. You can gain it and create your destiny. Hey, what's going on everybody? John here um, with 3D Innovations. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about my product, an awesome gift uh, for you that you could give to your friends and family. Um, uh, 3D Innovations, what we do is take uh, 2D pictures. So it can be any picture you have off your phone, 
Facebook, social media, um, really any source you can imagine, even physical photos you can bring to our uh, retail location. We're at the Lynn Haven Mall in Virginia Beach. Um, we have a large kiosk. It's right in front of the Apple store. You can't miss it. And what we'll do there, we take the image, we'll convert it pixel by pixel into 3D. Uh, then we send that image to uh, our designers. They do additional editing, enhance the photo, and then a special laser technology will shoot inside the crystal and etch out thousands of tiny little air bubbles and preserve that memory inside crystal forever. Um, so when you're thinking about this gift, it could be uh, special, like any special occasion, uh, occasion awards, um, graduations coming up. That's a big one. Um, memorials, if you have a loved, like a loved one, you or your family, you know, you want to take their memory, move it on into the future. Um, it's great family heirloom um, and a great, great way to also uh, preserve special moments like family vacations, again, special events, um, just anything that you want to keep inside a crystal forever and preserve that memory. Um, 3D crystals are the perfect gift for you. We have all types of shapes and sizes. We have cubes from small to large. We have, um, we call them a prestige, kind of a diamond shaped. Um, and we will also help you select which crystal shape and size is gonna be best for your photo. Uh, just because not all photos are going to work with all shapes and sizes. So if you're interested in ordering a crystal, what you're going to do is either come to our location at the Lynn Haven Mall, or even easier, quicker, go ahead and text a photo to me and our team. Uh, the phone number is 480-977-8080. Again, that's 480-977-8080. Um, and then what we can do, um, let us know that you're here on Frequency FM, and then we'll go ahead and um, uh, respond to you within an hour, give you a quote, crop your picture to different shapes and sizes, and, um, and then if you wanna move forward, it's about a one to five day turnaround time to get the crystals back, uh, and then you'll have this incredible gift. If uh, you can come pick up the crystal, that works too, or we can ship it anywhere in the country, um, even outside the country, but of course there's additional shipping fees and all that kind of thing. But yeah, take a look at the pictures. We're going to have some awesome images as you can see here. And um, if it's something you're interested, feel free to reach out anytime. Again, that's 3D Innovations at the Lynn Haven Mall and get a hold of us, 480-977-8080. Really appreciate it, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. So the vision behind Faith Clothing Brand is to actually encourage people to believe. Believe and execute, put action behind the belief. So whether it's um, being an entrepreneur or being a team member, leading a team, um, anything that you're putting your, your mind, your body, and your soul to, you want to believe first, but the belief is the first thing, but you want to put action into it because, you know, faith without putting that action in that work, that hustle, you know, it's, it's a dead concept. So, you know, have the faith, believe, believe that it's possible and execute, put that work in. Hello, I'm Sean Justice with Justice Pictures. For over 30 years, we have served corporations, not-for-profits and small businesses producing commercials, promotional, training, and PR videos. 
No project is beyond our capabilities. We've been successful by closely listening to our clients, then using our professional skills to deliver a project that meets their needs on time and on budget. We apply our years of award-winning experience from large training video series for governmental organizations to promotional fundraising videos for ministries and not-for-profits. In this, we utilize interviews, new footage, old footage, photos, dramatic recreations, captured events, animation, and many other elements to tell the best story, your story. We bring decades of experience and know-how. Uniquely, we also draw on our experience in producing multiple feature films, documentaries, television programs, and music videos. The cinematic skills develop, along with the digital red cinema camera that we use on all projects, will help your video to stand out from the rest. Some of our past clients include Columbia Sportswear, Bank of America, Kiwit, United Parcel Service, and many others. Industries include banking, construction, high-tech, food processing, clothing, service, retail, robotics, and governmental. Whether you need full production services, such as scripting, shooting, or editing, or just one of them, we can help. We're here to partner with you to communicate what you need to get across with those inside and outside of your organization. We look forward to speaking with you. Please find out more about our services at www.justicepictures.com corporate or email us at production at justicepictures.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, everybody. My name is Portia Bryant, and I am an author. I am your uh, your life coach, Destiny Fulfillment. I do a whole lot of things to empower the soul of man, the mind, the will, and emotions. What I need to do to support the whole soul of a person, that's who on earth be. And so I am, I'm excited to be able to take that further in my newest authorship, What Would Jesus Do? What Would Jesus Do? features nine different chapters. The chapters explore the nine fruit of the spirit. And Jesus is featured because taking it from the gospels, I give a first person narrative on how Jesus was able to accomplish love, how Jesus did joy, how Jesus did patience, how Jesus did peace in the midst of people who are difficult. Sometimes we will come in contact with people who are a little bit difficult and they test us and then we, we fall into these um, these things in our culture that says, okay, well, try Jesus, not me. But Jesus will help you through. Through this book, Jesus will coach you through what how you can accomplish love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, even in the midst of dealing with imperfect people. So I would love for you to take a moment to, to check out Amazon, What Would Jesus Do by Portia Bryant? as well as my website, PortiaBryant.com. I am a coach and I help people to um, go to their next level by relating differently with emotions. That's my favorite part about going back to the book. The book helps you to do life the best way, even in the face of emotions. So even just, just a, a, a quick testimony, I too struggled with, the emotion of anger. I too struggled with anxiety. 
And I didn't know what I was doing wrong because I've been saved my whole life. But eventually life kind of caught up with me and there was a couple of disappointments and what I feel is those was setbacks along the way. And I felt like God kind of left me hanging. And so being that I'm a, I'm a faithful believer, a dedicated um, worker in, in the, in the ministry, I felt like I, I didn't deserve it. So I was in a place where I, I, I just needed God to deliver me from me because I fell into depression in the midst of ministry. I was depressed. And sometimes there are people who have a, a smile on their face, but inside they are, they are crumbling. And that was me. But I had to learn how to relate differently with my emotions and learn how to submit to God and not the emotion telling me what to do and how to think and how to act. But I had to put that on the altar. I didn't realize that my emotions had become my gods. I didn't even realize that was a thing. Or I always judge people in the Bible, like, how are they um, creating golden calves and and worshiping idols? That's that's ridiculous. But I realized that we can turn anything into an idol that we put before God. So I had to learn how to relate differently with my emotions, learn how to uh, allow them to come under the subjection of the Holy Spirit in my life and put God first and not the emotion. And so that helped me to relate better with that. Navigating back to the book, the book helps you to, to be able to know what to do when, how to do it, and then hold you accountable, accountable by asking you the question, how, were you, how did that work for you? How, how were you able to carry out the assignment that Christ just gave you on how to practice gentleness? How were you able to carry out that assignment on how Christ just gave you about how to carry out uh, love? And so I want you to be able to experience that, um, experience that whole process by tapping into what would Jesus do? There we go. So as you see, when you support comingsoonjesus.org, you're actually supporting a network where it allows us to step in and help um, partner with amazing men and women of God who may not normally have been able to do certain things or to get the word out in a certain way. We take everybody's project seriously uh, and we try to share it with as many people as possible, um, even to the point of annoyance. Uh, we don't care if we annoy you. We don't care if we annoy you because the message that these people have is, is serious. So we genuinely put out, uh, when you support us, you're helping us give other people a voice. You're helping us share the message of Christ with other people. You're helping us inspire other people. You're, you're helping us create opportunity for other people. So it's not just about us. And uh, sometimes I think people think that by giving, I call it being strong and wrong. Like you think you're being smart by saying, Duke need to learn, you know, nobody needs to support him. And it's like, no, you do need to support uh, because we're supporting so many people. And, and when people like to sit, that's why it bothers me so much when people like to sit around and talk about how bad the world is. And it's like, 
what are you invested in that is making the world a better place? I want to go back to that section. I want to tell you, like, if you look here, um, uh, a lot of the material that's up here is actually from other ministries. It's actually from other organizations that we support. It's other creatives that we're supporting. We're trying to help as many people as we can. Uh, and so losing the kiosk was uh, you know, definitely you know, a discouraging thing because it's like, guys, we're telling you that when you help us, you're helping us help others. Here, let's go to the veteran section right here. So here we are in the veteran section. I want to show you something very powerful that a lot of people uh, don't consider. You know, um, fill this down. Let me show you something real quick. And I, and, I, and guys, one of the most frustrating things is when you're trying to do something positive and then people don't get it and they start running their mouths and and, and, and it's like Duke's. I heard people say things like Duke's always begging and it's like, yeah, because that's what someone opens up a store and then says, I don't need customers. Like we need our people. We, we invested everything we have into this because we believe God and we trust God and we know that God's going to do something phenomenal with it. Uh, check this out. And I want you to see what you're actually supporting and what you're actually helping us do. When I think of my life, I think like I'm going through a forest and and I don't quite know where my path will take me. There's always going to be things kind of blocking my way. I tend to block out other things that kind of bother me. What happened to my dad was when I was five, he uh, passed away. That was hard for me, but I didn't quite understand it when I was little. You know, countless men have given their lives to service in this country, in military and law enforcement. And the aftermath of this is that young men are left without fathers to lead them in the path forward. This is my dad's dog text. They're pretty important to you. Extreme. But for many of these boys, that person, their father, is gone. Their dads, they gave their lives, really, in service to the country. Whatever we can do to help fill a little of that gap is what we want to do for these boys. This camp started by the Hunt for Life Foundation is a camp we built for boys that lost their fathers either from military service or law enforcement, whether it was killed in action or through PTSD or suicide. As a result of their service, these dads have, have died. It's a free of charge opportunity, all expense paid trip to the wilderness somewhere. And we're thankful to our generous donors to be able to make that a possibility. Our mission is you know, we, we want to show them what it looks like to be a real man, not only physically, but deep down spiritually. That Bible that you guys have is what's going to take you through life. Teaching them principles of integrity, resilience, how to serve instead of being served. Some of the examples that we've shown was fighting through adversities in a lot of different ways. 
one of the opportunities we had this week was to hike up the Black River here in the North Woods of Wisconsin. I didn't know what was under my feet. Neither did I. All right, so that was just crazy because it was one of those things that is kind of scary, but really fun at the same time. And we just kept slipping and tripping on rocks, but that's the power of Christ. He will bring you in and out of everything you experience in life. A key survival skill that I wanted to impart on these young men was how to build a very primitive fire, which was just with a, a fire steel. We told them there's a little man challenge today. They got to find and catch their own dinner. So if we don't catch fish today, we're not eating dinner. <laughs> I think what this week has shown them, we need to find purpose and fulfillment in God first because he's going to guide us. We got men from 30 to 60 that are mentors for these boys this week. It's valuable to have life experiences under your belt so these men can speak into these boys' lives with truth. We would think at times that we're not being watched, right? But God's always watching. There's no better way to have men who have been through it and have seen the effects of hard work, dedication, integrity, resilience, and just having that muscle to be able to say that I'm going to see it through. Coming to the camp and meeting people like the mentors, I do think it could guide me to a path that could like help me see my life a little clearer because they've been really helpful with like talking about loss and how it feels to not have a dad around. Jackson lost his dad. He basically succumbed to addiction to painkillers as a result of PTSD and ended up taking his own life. My dad was killed in action in Afghanistan in 2019. Garrett is another one of our campers this week, special kid. And uh, Garrett and his mom were there when the knock on the door came. And so I know it's been really tough for them. It's only been a couple of years. What do you miss most about your dad? Um, everything. I had lost my father at an early age, and so I I felt the sting of what that can mean uh, to a young boy. And I wanted to give them the assurance that God would walk through this struggle with them. This camp can't replace the father in the home, but what we can do is to show them how the Heavenly Father will always be with them. In those times where you're having trouble, go to God, remember, he's with you, he's overcome the world. We would love to grow this thing. We'd love to have camps all around the country for these boys if we can. And when you think of who we're, we're giving towards, we're giving to families that have made the ultimate sacrifice. But there's a lot of, a lot of choices in life that these kids are, are having to make. And they need men to show up in their lives and show them and teach them how to become young men. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come to Wisconsin and the amazing experience that I'll never forget. I think I'll probably remember the bonds that I created with people that have been through the same kind of things as me. 
I don't think I'll ever forget this week. This is probably one of the best times of my life. It's been awesome here. It's perfect. So again, these are the organizations that uh, we are uh, affiliated with and pouring into, also such as Pig Ministry as well. Um, and so when we say that you guys are helping us help others, we were able to create uh, with the uh, founders of Life Camp USA, we were able to help put this together and help bring this together several different ways because of your support. Uh, and when you get the Coming to Jesus shirts, this is how this is what we're able to do. And I don't want you guys to ever think that uh, it's, you know, like, so the situation that we're in now is we have to pay off the mall. And like all of our focus now has to go away from doing ministry. And, and we've got to deal with legal fees. We got to deal with paying lawyers. We got to deal with all this stuff that, but if you guys step in and say, hey, Duke, we're going to, we're going to stand by you guys. We're going to fight with you guys. Uh, you, you're not going to have to go through all that stuff here. Like all we want to do is just cut them all the check and walk away. We are uncapable. We're not able to uh, survive in the mall uh, any further because of the, just the lack of support. Like we just uh, get beat up one month after another. It was stressing out my heart. It was stressing out my, like my, you know, guys, it was killing me. You know, it was it was killing me. And, and you know, and then, of course, the kids uh, were trying their best, you know, but they weren't. They, of course, they can't carry the intensity for so long. They're kids, you know, and, and we were all trying our best to make this happen. But the, the, the missing element was we needed our brothers and sisters to be a part of it. It was designed for the body of Christ to come together, and we needed everybody to come together. I also I want to address this because I know that my I saw someone told me that there was a post where my sister uh, had responded and said, "You can't just have a few things on the on the kiosk." And I want to address that uh, because that 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 breaks my heart that my own family, my sister, would you know have something critical to say instead of saying, "Wow." You know, my brother's going, and this is kind of the stuff that I'm dealing with, folks. This is the stuff that I'm dealing with. Instead of my sister going, hey, man, my brother, uh, we don't really have a relationship. We don't really, you know, let me not say anything. No, my sister has to, you know, and this is my blood sister, by the way. My sister has to actually say something. You know, instead of, instead of being quiet, I got the sister that goes, no, let me crit- let me kick him while he's down. Because, guys, you got to understand something. I am extremely hurt. You know, it it hurts bad. It it hurts. It's painful to watch. But I but but I want to show you what I'm dealing with. Here I am trying to raise my kids to serve God. I'm trying my best to be a good father. Uh, and there are times where I fail miserably, and I'm flipping out, and I'm cussing and going crazy because the pressure is that real. And and I know that that's not the way it should be, but it's the way that like it affects me when, when like the hurt of being. You know, like knowing what we're doing is good. It'd be different if there was some point of contact where we were just being shady. But the fact that we know that what we're doing is for the body of Christ, for the kingdom of God. And 
with, for the passion that that that's invested, the finance that that's invested, there's no re there was no reason why we couldn't get the support. It was just no reason, and so I'm stressing and I'm having heart chest pains and all this other stuff. So my sister's great big idea is to criticize me even more and say because the shirt said "Coming Soon Jesus" on it, that's the reason why it failed. And it's like no, it's not the reason why it's failed. The truth of the matter is we got moved to a spot where it was hard for people to see us and, and they weren't able to see us. But it's also the fact that we were promoting and, and I don't know if Facebook blocks our videos where we can't see. I don't know what the situation is, but there are other elements to it. Why? Uh, and then we even started adding different shirts. If my sister would kind of come up to the kiosk more and said, hey, let's. And, and this is what gets me, folks. This is what gets me. If I was a basketball player, if I was a basketball player, my entire family would be wearing my jersey. And everybody, if I was Pharrell Williams, do you see how when people say Pharrell Williams, yo, people's names get dropped and everybody tunes in and pays attention? Pharrell Williams is like the king of the city. If I was Pharrell Williams, everybody would be. But because I'm – look at how the body of Christ responds when you're doing something for God and it's the whole purpose is just God. And I'm in no way trying to victimize myself. But what I'm trying to say is there's a there's a responsive difference. When you say you're doing something for God, people are like, okay, well, you do that. We're going to be over here. But they will bust their butt. They will do anything to be where God isn't and still call themselves Christians. And still, you know, they'll make sure their, their kids know how to do, you know, all the the dances, the latest dances, and they'll make sure that they know how to keep up with all the music trends and, and all this other stuff. But, man, if you guys knew how I get looked at, you know, just by, like, trying my best to commit to God, you know, the way family and friends will look down, you know, come against you and, like, you're being militant. No, I'm not being militant. I'm trying to protect my kids from the negative influences of this world. You know, and I'm trying to make sure that they grow up embracing. Well, you know, you can't protect them forever. And they, they sound like a bunch of cackling witches sometimes. Family and friends I'm talking about. Family and friends sound like a bunch of cackling witches trying to talk me into throwing my kids into the woods. Like, you don't even help me fight the demons that I'm fighting now, let alone should I listen to you. The scripture says, <laughs> blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And some folks, they go to church, but they ain't got no bit of power in them from God. You know, they're full of anxiety and insecurity, and, and, and they always got something to say. Critical people are not necessarily prophetic, folks. Critical people are just people that complain about a lot of stuff. It doesn't really matter what, you, what you're doing. Uh, and so, but anyway, you know, my sister's situation, I, saw my, I, have, I have my sister blocked on Facebook, so I don't even know how she saw it. But obviously she saw the post and she had to put her two cents in. And it just drives me insane because it was already like, I'm already down, folks. I'm already fighting. I'm, I'm not discouraged, but I'm trying to fight. Like I'm fighting discouragement, you know, because we invested so much. And and the, the mall's not going to give us any breaks, you know. And I'm not asking anybody to feel sorry for me, but I am going to show everybody what this process looks like. You know, uh, you're going to have people saying, there's another person up there. Uh, 
on the first day that I announced that we were closing the kiosk down, on the first day that I announced the closing the kiosk down, this guy comes up and says, uh, he goes, hey, can I get your, can I get your mannequins? And it's like, dude, you know, where is your mind right now? You know, don't you see that I'm hurting? And you're gonna, you're gonna ask where are the mannequins right now? You know, and, and that's the type of stuff that I'm talking about. There's this dismissiveness. It's literally like there's something that people just don't know. You know, everybody, of course, everybody wants their money. Do you guys know that we had a guy that invested twenty five thousand dollars in us? I'm, you know, twenty five thousand dollars in us. And now I've got to find a way to get him his money back uh, because I'm not going to, you got to believe I'm not going to let that go to waste. You know, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let, you know, people invest in us. And then, and, and, and here's the thing, the confidence of everyone that invested in us is because the people that invested in us, they saw it. They were like, dude, how the body of Christ should, is going to respond. Even when I told them, I, you know, I don't know. It's like, dude, there's no way the body of Christ is not going to respond to comingsoonjesus.org. And then they didn't respond. Like, that's how scary this situation is. That's how terrifying this situation is. Um, I don't know what, what the outcome is going to be. I know that God is good. I, I I know that uh, I might have to file bankruptcy. You know, I know that that's an option. But I didn't. It shouldn't even be on the table. Filing bankruptcy should not be on the table for us right now. It just shouldn't. We know we're in the last days. And we should be rising up like never before. It's like, I can totally see, I genuinely see how Noah felt, you know. I can genuinely see it like, wow. I'm sitting here saying the body of Christ needs to come together. The body of Christ needs to come together. We need to start working together, promoting each other, supporting each other, you know, and I'm, I'm literally seeing, I'm saying it and I can see no one cares. I'm not confused about it. No one's listening. I'm, It's like just because you get an idea in your head of what's necessary and what's not necessary doesn't mean you're right. You see, people see things differently based upon the warfare that they're going under for the word's sake. You see, the word, the word of God brings a certain amount of warfare, and none of us can control it. The word of God brings a certain amount of warfare into our life. 
And our job is to stand on that word. Our job is to stand on the word of God no matter what we go through. No matter what the situation is, no matter what we go through, no matter how bad it hurts, we stand on the word of God. And, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to show you guys like like I I don't have a problem telling you guys how much it hurts. You know, to to have so many people say that they care about you, they love you and they love your family and they oh, I love your kids and this and that. And then. Let let everything fall apart. That that that's always a, that, that's that's like okay, I know that you're just looking out for what your best interest in heart is and mind. Like, you know, it's so interesting how people can just you know say things. I mean, it's easy for people to just say things like "I love God." That's an easy thing for people to say. They don't necessarily do it. They don't necessarily love God, but it's it's an easy thing for people to say. I love God. That's an easy, uh, I pray, even though uh, people know they don't pray. They don't mind saying it. People, I realize that people do not have a problem lying whatsoever. I'm trying. It's something that they just say, but they don't really, they don't really mean it. They're not really trying. By the way, guys, I got to tell you something. You got to check out this ministry called One New Man Ministries. Oh my gosh. One New Man Ministries. They, they are amazing. Uh, I definitely hear this right here so you can see it. One New Man Ministries. Um, you, you, you do not want to miss this. You want to get a real, genuine uh, response. Uh, like you want to connect with these guys. These, this is the real thing, folks. Um, let's see if I can fill up a radio archive. Uh Ministries. Let's see here. I'm going to show you this last one. Is a ministry of reconciliation. It's reconciling ourselves to God through His Son, our salvation, our Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. And it's reconciling us to each other through one body of Christ. It's an Ephesians 2 ministry. It says Ephesians 2, 13 through 22. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace in his flesh. He has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall. That is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in the place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near for through him. Both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints 
and also members of the household of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in him, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. Amen. So we're uh, we're going to be talking today. It's a we are studying the word together, the Old and New Testament, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And we're going to be talking today about the dwelling place for God that was constructed in, in the Old Testament and, and the parallels of how we are being built together into a dwelling place for God through the body of Christ and we're of compassion and reconciliation, not just one new man, us each individually throwing off the old self and putting on the new self that is that we receive by grace. We have been saved through faith, but also together we're being built together into one body of Christ. And uh, Jerry, Bob, thanks for uh, studying the word together and Jerry, what are you going to lead us in today? Well, we were going to try and talk, first of all, about some of the terms we throw around in here, try and straighten some things out, make sure people are understanding what we're talking about when we say Parsha or Haftorah or things like that. So let's start with the word Parsha. The Parsha is the weekly section of the Torah, the five books of Moses, that is designated for that particular week. We need to understand that early on, the five books of Moses were divided into 54 readings and that twice a year uh, they would double up so that uh, the total number of readings was 52. And the cycle would begin in the fall, what we call autumn, uh, after the end of um Rosh Hashanah comes the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of uh, Harvest, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, it's sometimes called. And at the end of that feast, on the eighth day, is a celebration called Simchat Torah, the Joy of Torah. On that day, we read the very last section of Deuteronomy, as well as the first small part of Genesis. And that is to show the the eternal nature of God's word, God's law, and our need to be in it. And so each week when we talk about a Parsha, we're talking about one of those divisions of the five books of Moses. We happen to be in Exodus right now. Each Parsha is given a Hebrew name. It's one word. Uh, generally speaking, or one or a very short phrase like last week, we had Ki Tisa. Uh, this week it's Vayakel. And what that is, is the uh, first word or the first important word or phrase that appears in this week's reading. And so this week we are looking at Vayakel, which is, and he commanded, as well as this is one of those weeks where we double up. We are also reading Pekude which is a word that means the record of or the accounting of, or I saw in one place, the summary of. And so we'll talk a little bit about that when we come to that portion. 
So uh, we talk about the Parsha this week. And so uh, that is referring to the uh, section of Torah, Moses, that is read each week. After the Torah is, is completed, there is then the Haftorah. And there's some uh, question about where this originally uh, came from. The word Haftorah itself means uh, taking leave or uh, a continuation. And Haftorah are readings that are taken from the prophets. And they are chosen on the basis of their similarity or enlightening value to the Torah portion that was read. Or sometimes the Haftor is chosen in relation to a significant event on the Hebrew calendar. It's important to realize that when uh, we talk about the prophets in the Hebrew Bible, it's a little bit different collection than what we typically call the prophets in our Christian Bible. It includes all of the writing prophets that we understand from Isaiah to Malachi, but it also includes... Well, let me put it this way. Uh, in the Hebrew Bible, that group of prophets is called the latter prophets, L-A-T-T-E-R, not ladder, like going up and down to the gutters, but the latter prophets, the early prophets in the Hebrew Bible begin with Joshua and go through uh, Judges and Samuel and Kings. So those are considered the uh, early prophets. So your Haftorah sections are all going to be from uh, one of those collections, either from the early prophets or from the later prophets. Uh, just a couple of ideas have been tossed about uh, how the Haftorah readings began. Uh, some say that it began under the period of our persecution when Antiochus forbid the reading of Moses in the synagogues. And so we thought, well, we'll try and get around that a little bit. By reading from the Haftor, by reading from the prophets, uh, some have speculated that perhaps it was because of the Jewish desire to stay in synagogue longer, and so we uh, finished with Moses and then we read some more. Uh, some say that it was developed uh, in kind of response to those Jewish groups, and definitely the Samaritans who said that only the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses, were actually scripture. And so we, uh, in this version, uh, began to read the Haftorah in order to uh, establish its authority alongside Moses. So those are the, those are the background to Haftorah. I just kind of wanted to put that out there for people so that they understood when we use those terms that this is what we're talking about. So each week there's a Parsha, and a Haftorah, and those two things are linked. Uh, but as New Covenant people, we also want to look for that connection to Yeshua, to uh, his Messiahship, his kingship, his priesthood. We want to uh, look at the Old Covenant scriptures in the way that Yeshua uh, taught on that Emmaus Road when it says that he, he opened up the law and the prophets and the writings, and he showed them all that it had to say about him. So we also uh, have a New Testament portion that we uh, read each week that, again, is meant to connect in some way with the teaching of that 
Parsha, that Torah portion. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out as background. And and Jerry, uh, so this week we're, we have the two right. portions. And why sometimes is there a different half Torah for the Ashkenazim and the Sephardim? What's that about? Well, I can't say how that developed, but in the Jewish world, uh, there's all kinds of divisions. <laughs> uh, we get Jewish practice in uh, division of three, generally. There's the Orthodox, the Conservative, and the Reform, and that's sort of on a, a uh, conservative to liberal spectrum. And so the Orthodox are the most uh, conservative, the most uh, strict in their interpretation of Scripture. Uh, we have the con we have the Reform movement, which is way over on the other end from that, uh, very open and evolving Jewishness, and kind of right in the middle of that are the conservative uh, Orthodox or, or the conservative Jews, uh, trying to maintain a, a, a traditional approach to to Judaism. Uh, then there's this other big division that you just mentioned between what's called Ashkenaz and Sephardic. And that has to do with uh, geography more than anything is. So your uh, Ashkenaz Jews are Jews who have come from uh, Eastern Europe and Russia primarily. Your Sephardic people are uh, Jewish people who are from the Mediterranean area. Middle Eastern area, uh, including the Spanish, uh, what's called the Iberian Peninsula, Spain and Portugal. So all of those people are Sephardic. So they have, uh, the two groups have different customs, different uh, traditions about some things, definitely different cultural approaches in terms of food, in terms of clothing. Uh, and so that's, that's, uh, my understanding, at least, and why they have uh, adopted two separate uh, approaches to some of the Haftorah portions, I haven't studied that out, so I can't can't really say. So we are looking at two two portions of uh, the Torah today, uh, basically beginning with. Uh, Chapter 35, verse 1. But before you get into Go that, ahead. Jerry, remember when we were studying this week, you sort of gave this big right, you know, well, picture. Okay. Go yeah, ahead. That, that, that's where I'd like to, to, to frame what we're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, we're looking at a portion that begins at chapter 35, 1, via Kel. Then we are looking at a second portion, Pekude, which begins at Exodus. We're talking about Exodus. Exodus chapter 38. 21. But the whole portion for this week takes us from um, right after Moses has uh, come down from the mountain and we've had the golden calf experience and we've had Moses begging God to go with them and God having this great revelation of his name. Uh, then Moses uh, implores God again to, to go with him and God says that he will. He reestablishes the covenant and then uh, that's the background to this, these two sections, which then take us from uh, God commanding Moses to get the people to bring their contributions, and then God commanding uh, Moses to, 
to have the two craftsmen build the tabernacle and all of the uh, furniture that goes with that. And skilled people are going to be making the priestly garments. And then we get to Moses now is going to erect the tabernacle. And the end of our section is the tabernacle is erected and the glory of God comes in and fills the place. So that's that's the the the, the passage that we're looking at today. But what I want to back us up into is the idea of the whole picture leading up to this moment. That if you go all the way back to Exodus 25, what we have is, um, let me see if I can find that in my notes, how I, how I put that here. I think it's on page two. Um, What we have in Exodus chapter 25 is the instructions. Let me just open my Bible and make sure that we're on track here. In Exodus 25, well, actually, I'm sorry, beginning in Exodus 24. Uh, the covenant is confirmed. In Exodus 25, uh, we get the uh, instruction to get all these different contributions for the sanctuary. And then we get the instructions for how to make the various furniture, the uh, Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, the, ta the table for the bread, the golden menorah, the lampstand. <clears throat> We get the instructions for how they are to get certain kinds of uh, ram skins and goat skins and various uh, coverings that are going to go over the tabernacle. We get instructions for the bronze altar where the sacrifices are going to be uh, burnt up. We get instructions about how they're going to build a, a, a linen fence, a court, the courtyard around the uh, tabernacle the instructions then about the priest's garments, all of these various instructions that Moses is getting in the mountain. Once the covenant has been confirmed, uh, he gets all these instructions about how we're going to establish a place for God to live among the people. How do we have a holy God living with a, a sinful people? It's God's desire that he would be able to live with them, but there is the problem of the people's sin. So how do we make a space for God and man to dwell together. This is really what this is all about. And so uh, we have the instructions about how we're going to consecrate the priests for their service, the instructions about the altar of incense, instructions about the oils and the, the, the basin that they're going to walk in or, or wash themselves in. After all of those instructions, God tells Moses, I have set two people, uh, Bezalel and Oholiav, they're going to be my skilled workmen who are going to make all of this uh, that I, I've instructed you to do. In addition, I'm going to give them, according to chapter 31, verse 6, I will give them able men of ability. So it's not just these two fellows working, but several, several people, we would guess probably hundreds, who are working on this uh, project. So after all of these wonderful instructions, <clears throat> the sad fact is chapter 32 tells us about how the people got nervous, worried, 
whatever motivated them, they said, we don't know where this Moses is. They say to Aaron, we need you to build us a, a, a God to be our God because we don't know if Moses is coming back. So we have this terrific rebellion and failure on the part of the Hebrew people uh, while God is up there revealing the most amazing things to Moses, right? Going on at the same time. So <clears throat> from, from the failure of the golden calf, God says, you leave, take them out. I'm not going with you. Uh, Moses begs an intercession that begins in chapter 33. Uh, again, 15, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? Lord, if you don't go with us, what's the point? If you don't go with us, we are no longer any different than anybody else. So, so we have the golden calf. We have this business about God on the surface, at least looking like he's, he's ready to reject Israel. Remember, then he says to Moses, uh, I'll, I'll make you a, a people out of you. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, on, on verse 17, on verse 17, uh, Moses says, um, well, the Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing that you have asked, for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. So it was Moses's request and God has favor on Moses that helped the Jewish people along. Right. So, and that's that word that we have talked about numerous times now, favor, grace, the Hebrew word, chen, right? Right. So, so Mo, Moses finds, finds favor and it is in that context then that he, he asks to see God and God says, well, you can't see me face to face, but, I will allow my glory to pass by and you'll see the backside of my goodness. Uh, and then this, this amazing proclamation of God's name that we heard last week and spent some time on. But it certainly bears repeating again. He says his name is the Lord, the Lord, a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And so last week we talked about these 13 attributes. And uh, for those of you uh, who can access it, uh, we are onenewmanministries.org. That's one, the numeral one, newmanministries.org. And if you go there, you should be able to pull up last week's session and listen to our talk about the 13 different uh, parts of God's name that are mentioned here. But we just at least like to point out the very, very beginning that he is a God, gracious and compassionate, that those are the leading characteristics. And so this gracious and compassionate God goes from talking to Moses and telling him his name to renewing the covenant. He renews the covenant. And that brings us to, and I should have said, that early on in uh, the instructions, we got the instructions about Sabbath, about the importance of rest, and the fact that honor the Sabbath and keep it holy is one of the Ten Commandments. And so as God renews the covenant and prepares the people to begin to build, it is interesting to me that the first thing that he says in chapter 35 is, tell the people about the Sabbath. So again, we want to 
paint this big picture though. So, so here comes the Sabbath again. Ahead, he instructs them about the Sabbath before he instructs them about, uh, well, there's no more instructions, but uh, he tells them about keeping the Sabbath before we're actually going to embark on the project, right? Before you start doing work, I want you to remember the Sabbath. And we'll talk about that in a second. So we have this section introduced with the Sabbath. Then we uh, have the people bringing their contributions. Then we have the two skilled workmen beginning construction. Then we have the details of each piece of furniture, uh, how it's built. Going through chapter 36, 37, 38. We get to the middle of chapter 38, and we have this summary of all of the various metal that was used and the, and the amazing weight that was brought in the offerings. We have the instructions uh, or the, the, the narrative about how the priestly garments are made, and we want to talk about that a little bit in a second. And then finally, chapter 40 is the climax of all of this. Chapter 40 is Moses erecting the tabernacle. And the end result of that is this. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So when I look at this whole block of text from chapter 24 to chapter 40, what I see is this amazing story of the creation of the state of Israel, or, or the theocracy, the, the, the people of God, with the giving of, the, of the, the law, and they say we'll do it, and the covenant is affirmed. Then we have this uh, demonstration of uh, God's willingness to put his presence among them, and yet they sin. And after their sin, we have God still being gracious and compassionate, and he reaffirms the covenant. And then they go ahead and they build the place where God can dwell with his people. And once they are finished with that, the result is glory. God dwelling with his people. And that is a picture of the whole Bible story. That God created something beautiful and good. But sin entered in. The fall. The fall. God redeems, and the end of redemption is going to be glory, so that we have this, this pattern that exists throughout Scripture. The big picture from Genesis to Revelation is creation, fall, redemption, and glory. And that sequence, that pattern, is encapsulated here in Exodus 25 to 40. So I just kind of wanted to put that big picture out there as we look at the specifics from chapter 35 on to 40. Well, I mean, it's, um, that's really beautiful. And, and then you, you talked about, you read in Revelation 21, the final glory. That was so beautiful. Maybe, you know, and, 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 and it's also, the, the story of uh, encapsulated of Yeshua, our, our salvation, our, our, 
Hamashiach, our Savior, and how he, you know, is born. He suffers on the cross. He's resurrected. He's in heaven. And, you know, and, and the path of our salvation is that those whom he has uh, chosen, he selected, he has called, he, he will justify. And he talked about propitiation. We're justified through our Savior's blood. Mm -hmm. And those whom he has justified, he will sanctify. We're called to walk in the path of sanctification and conforming ourselves more to, to our Savior. And in the end, those whom he's justified and sanctified, he will he will glorify that's that is the full spectrum of salvation yes indeed we we talk about uh, redemption encompassing the justification uh the uh payment of the penalty of sin we talk about redemption including sanctification the daily living under the control of the holy spirit that uh, frees us more and more from the power of sin and then finally, we are moving towards glorification uh, when Christ comes and returns and makes all things new and the kingdom of God uh, is uh, uh, on earth with the kingdom of uh, all, all the kingdoms become God's kingdom. Uh, the glory is when we will finally be delivered from sin's presence. Yeah, all those are, are, are certainly. Jerry? Yeah. Yeah, one, one word I like to say is that uh, when we see how how he makes the tabernacle how he wants it to be his you know how he got, we we are to build to his specifications the jews did but when the new testament came and he came into our lives when he came to he didn't rearrange our furniture but he he gently moved it around polished us up and conformed us to his son i always conformed us to his son and i like that um that he knows what he wants to do with us. He wants to, you know, he wants to be gentle. He wants to conform us, and and what a joy it is to have him within us. Amen. Um, but sometimes, Bob, I think, in all honesty, Jesus had to come into your life, as he has in mine at various times, and overthrow the tables. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you you asked Jerry. You were asking about why would the Sabbath day be uh, the the first party starts out with before they start to build and do the works that were commanded of them. And I was thinking about how, um, you know, in Ephesians 2, it says, by grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is the gift of not God, not by good works. So that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here God prepared all of these good works. He gave these two gentlemen, you know their names, the skills. Bezalel and Oholiab. Yeah, and the skills and the other people to work with them and to do the good works. But he wants to emphasize that it's not the good works that are going to create the presence, the tent, the tabernacle, 
for him to dwell because it's his grace by grace we've been saved through faith that is there's the central portion and that's the reason we're commanded to remember the sabbath day and keep it holy and i think that there's an important point that's made in in the order of the text uh, talking about the sabbath when we come to chapter 35 if god has renewed the covenant uh, why can't we just jump to collect the contribution and start building? But before they do that, God has an important reminder. You are about to embark on building a dwelling place for me that I may be among you. But even more important than that, the Sabbath. The Sabbath says that above even the tabernacle is God because the Sabbath recognizes God as creator. The Sabbath uh, honors God in that way. And then it also requires us to honor God in that way by setting aside our work. The Sabbath is a way for us to say each week, God, whatever is going on in my life, around me, in the world at large, ultimately depends on you. I can set aside my labor. I can set aside my worry and my cares. And life is going to go on because you are in control, not me. And so before we jump into doing God's work, he says, you need to enter my rest. Right? So I just think that's a, a, a really important point to remind ourselves uh, whenever we're embarking in ministry that we are first called to uh, recognize the Lord as the creator of all things, that the Lord does as he pleases. Our, you know, that's one of the interesting things in the Psalms that, that uh, separates the God of Israel from the God of the nations is he says, our God is in the heavens, as opposed to all the nations who have their gods in the trees and in the fire and the river and everywhere else. Our God is in the heavens. He does as he pleases. Isn't that amazing? And so the Sabbath is a way of us saying, you know, God, uh, you're in control. You're in charge. And even the work of God <laughs> that uh, we feel we're supposed to be doing, even that needs to be set aside to honor God as the creator, the worker. And one thing about uh, him resting, he wasn't tired that he rested. He just rested and, and admired his uh, creation. Don't you think, Jerry? I think that God never rested in the sense that we talk about it. But I read something a while back, and it really made some sense that he finished his work of creation to take up his work of kingship. I thought that was an interesting observation. I don't remember where I read it, but it's kind of stuck with me because, it, you know, it, it's paradoxical to think that God actually rested, especially when we, we, we read scriptures in the New Testament that talk about uh, he upholds everything by the power of his word that, well, if God rested, wouldn't everything just collapse? <laughs> you know, like the air goes out of the balloon. If, if, if God really stops being God, right. but the idea that his work of creation was over, 
he rested from creation in order that he might take up kingship and authority over what he had made. Good point. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to point out for our uh, listeners, as we did uh, the other day, as we talked about this uh, getting started, that when scripture repeats things, it's important, it means something. And when we look at the uh, people now responding to Moses' commandment to bring their various contributions, and they're going to need to bring uh, linen and wool and skins, and um, they're bringing gold and silver and bronze. They're bringing stones for the ephod. They're, they're bringing all of these things. That it begins in verse 5. It says, take from among you a contribution to the Lord, whoever is of a generous heart. Right? And so we see that idea of a generous heart come up uh, several more times in chapter 35, verse 21. It says, and they came. So Moses' commandment, and they came. I love that. <laughs> and they came. Everyone whose heart stirred him, everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting and its service in the holy garments. So there's this willingness that is being spoken of here, this desire to bring an offering, to bring a gift, really. What makes a gift a gift? It's something that springs from our generosity and our willingness to give something away, right? And so we have uh, in verse 21, it says in verse 22, so they came both men and women. And I like that in our day and age where people disparage uh, the Bible is being misogynistic. Uh, the the Bible cared more. The Bible cared more for women of their day by far than cultures around them. It says that <clears throat> they came, both men and women, all who were of a willing heart. There's that willing heart again. Verse 24: Everyone who could make a contribution did so. And verse. <clears throat> 26, all the women whose hearts stirred them to use their skills spun the goat's hair. All the men and women in verse 29, the people of Israel whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a free will offering. So in the verses where we read, it says everyone whose heart uh, stirred him, that Hebrew word there is navad. It is a movement made from a free expression of the will. And at the bottom then, that's turned, that idea is turned into a noun, nadava, the free will offering. So my heart freely moves me to bring a gift. And the gift that I bring is called the free will offering. So my heart is navad to bring a navada, a free will offering. And the idea here is freedom of uh, will to give a gift. Nobody is under compulsion. Uh, and in fact, we read later on in verse, uh, in chapter 36, that uh, verse three, they kept bringing him free will offerings every morning so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came from the task that he was doing and said to Moses, this is verse 5 of 36. The people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord had commanded us to do. 
So I wonder if they had really appreciated grace at this point. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That they had recognized the depth of their depravity and sin with the golden calf. They had seen God's judgment fall, right? There had been the uh, Levites who took up a sword and went through the camp and killed 3,000 obvious sinners is, is the implication. These ones who kind of led the charge towards the golden calf. But then a plague broke out and killed many, many more. And so the people now have been have seen seen the Lord, seen him in his grace and bringing them out of Egypt, seen them in his judgment against sin and are chastened and repentant and now realize with the covenant renewed, God's promise to go with us. We're going to get started again, building God's dwelling. Wow. Let me bring stuff. Let me bring my gold, my silver. Let me bring my linen and, and all of these other things. And they kept on bringing so much. They were so overcome by grace that finally the workmen had to say, you know, let's, let's put a halt to that. So I just see that as, as, as this wonderful picture of grace then too, how, how grace motivates them to bring this free will offering. Which reminds me of my favorite verse about grace in the New Testament that says, the grace of God has appeared to all men teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, but to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, that that's what's happened with these people. They have been called out of ungodliness and unrighteousness in order to serve God freely in holiness and godliness, right? So I just, just a beautiful picture there. Um, once the... Uh, craftsmen get going in chapter 36. It tells us about how they made all of the various uh, curtains and the frames for the courtyard, uh, the bars and the bases and the posts and the pillars and the tenons and all these various pieces that are going to be used to construct a tent around the tabernacle. It talks about uh, the actual pieces of furniture, making the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, bronze basin, uh, hanging the court. Uh, we want to say again that each one of these is an expression of Yeshua, the ark of the covenant that holds the commandments of God. Yeshua, who is the whole law. He is the Logos, the, the whole word of God. The covering of the ark, the mercy seat, demonstrates the righteousness of God and the uh, atonement achieved by Yeshua. We talk about the uh, bronze altar, the altar of burnt sacrifice. Yeshua is the continual, uh, well, he's the once for all sacrifice that made uh atonement for our sins once for all, but that altar of continuous sacrifice represents the idea that God is continually uh, in the place of judgment over sin, but that there's also reconciliation that's taking place as well. There's the uh, bronze basin where they wash themselves. Uh, they need clean hands and a pure heart, according to Psalm 24, in order to minister to the Lord. So they wash themselves. The altar of incense, which represents uh, Yeshua as the sweet aroma before God, 
the uh, constant reminder of God's goodness and God's grace, and then which also goes on to represent our uh, prayers of sacrifice and thanksgiving. We have the table of showbread, and we haven't really talked about that too much, but the showbread were these 12 loaves of bread that signified the 12 tribes of Israel. And they were all on one, and they stand for the solidarity of the people uh, before God. They stand for God's remembrance of the people. <clears throat> and so there's a, a, a story about David and how he was hungry. And the showbread was really only supposed to be for the priests to eat. But yet when David showed up at the tabernacle, they let him eat the showbread. And Jesus uses that uh, incident to demonstrate that there's a principle that goes beyond the mere furniture of things, the mere surface of things, that these things are made for the benefit of man, right? And so the priest, as God's servant, shares God's blessing with the people. All of these things point to Yeshua. When we talk about these uh, various pieces of furniture in, the, in uh, Hebrews, chapter 8, we recall that uh, God told Moses to be very, very careful to build everything according to the pattern that I show you, because we learn from Hebrews that uh, these patterns that were shown to Moses that were carried out and built, actually built by the craftsmen, were based upon a greater reality. And we find that in Hebrews chapter 8 talking about the priests who offer gifts according to the law, verse 5, they serve a copy and a shadow of heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. And so these are symbols and patterns of heavenly realities. Uh, Paul talks about serving the shadow of things in Colossians, that all of these things that we read about in the Old Covenant, that God instructed the people to do, that God instructed the people to uh, participate in, all of these point to the greater reality of God in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, making of all tribes one new man, moving us from uh, sin to justification to sanctification to glorification, moving us from, from lost sinners to redeemed people to people growing in holiness to people who will finally uh, look at Yeshua and be like him, as, as John writes, uh, for we shall see him as he is. Just all of these beautiful things that are, that are wrapped up in the uh, discussion about the tabernacle um, any thoughts or, or, or anything else right now? Because there's one thing that I did kind of want to point out about um, the priest's garments. If you guys are good, I'm going to throw that in now. Go ahead. Okay. So let me find where, where it says this. Yeah. In chapter 39, verse 22 talking about making the priest's garment. It says, he also made the robe of the ephod woven all of blue 
and the opening of the robe in it was like the opening in a garment with a binding around the opening so that it might not tear. On the hem of the robe, they made pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. They also made bells of pure gold and put the bells between the pomegranates all around the hem of the robe between the pomegranates, a bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate around the hem of the robe for ministering as the Lord had commanded Moses. So, the robe was primarily uh, was blue right but it was going to be put together in such a way that it would include purple blue and scarlet yarns as well as fine twined linen now we know from uh, another place about linen the word that's used there is uh talking about this fine white linen that came from Egypt. And so that was part of the uh, booty <laughs> that, that the, uh, the Egyptians uh, gave to the, to the Jewish people as they left Israel, all of this linen, all of these uh, various yarns. And we have this robe then of blue with these threads of various colors. At the bottom of it is this uh, alternating pattern of pomegranates and golden bells, right? I mean, just try and envision that for a second. We take the position as New Covenant people that every bit about this says something about Yeshua. So I tried Amen. to do a little digging uh, and thinking about what that is. And so when we talk about colors, the color white represents righteousness. And so Christ is our righteousness. The color gold speaks to wealth and power and divinity. And of course, when we talk about Yeshua, he is uh, God incarnate. He is divine. He is imbued with all the power of God as far as wealth. Uh, the, he participates in the Godhead. So when it talks about he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that's him, right? right. I could have called 10,000 angels, uh, he says at one point uh, towards the end. So Wealth, power, divinity uh, is, is in the gold. The blue uh, talks about heaven itself, uh, the sky where God dwells. Uh, so there's this heavenly colored robe that I wear, interwoven with gold that signifies wealth and divinity, interspersed also with uh, purple. Purple was a color that was uh, very expensive to make. And so it was associated only with royalty or primarily with royalty because they were the only people who could afford to buy it. And so uh, power, uh, kind of symbolically out from royalty, we get the idea of power and wealth and majesty. And again, all of these things apply so beautifully to who Yeshua is. But then we get to the color red. And this is so interesting uh, red is the color of sin, mortality, and death, because blood is red, right? So think of Yeshua, the divine one, full of majesty and power, but in a way, then we're also supposed to think about he is sin, mortality, and death. So what do we mean by that? Jesus knew no sin. He was fully tempted like you and me, but without sin, 
But it does say that he took on our sins. It does say in Corinthians that he became sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so uh, we understand that Jesus, Yeshua, came as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. We talk about mortality in Yeshua and in his resurrection. Death and mortality are swallowed up by resurrection. And so in his body, God came to defeat sin and death. And that is signified in the scarlet thread that's woven into the priestly garments. Mm. So this idea of the scarlet thread, though, is kind of interesting. Some old-time Bible interpreters would talk about the scarlet thread throughout Scripture. I don't know if you ever heard it. But the idea that, that throughout Scripture we find blood uh, being offered to make atonement. From the very beginning, animals were killed to cover up Adam and Eve's nakedness. The fig leaves weren't enough. God himself performed that operation, right? And blood, uh, we get all the way to Hebrews without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Well, there's a, a trail of blood and also of scarlet threads. That's kind of interesting. In, uh, in Genesis, when uh, Tamar is about to deliver Judah's twins, uh, one fellow sticks his hand out and they tie a red thread around his wrist. He pulls it back in, and the other fellow gets born first. So Zerah made the first appearance with the red thread around his wrist, but Perez, through whom Messiah came, actually was the second twin, although he was delivered first whole. So there's a red thread there. Um uh, in the scripture, the next red thread actually is at uh, Jericho when the spies said, tie this red thread outside your window so that when we come and invade, we will know to leave this place safe, right? And some commentators have said that that is similar to the red blood that was painted over the doors at Passover. This was Rahab's participation into Passover life, if you will. She put the red thread out there. Also in the lineage of Messiah. Mm -hmm. Yes, and she also becomes this startling personage in the lineage of Messiah, a, a Gentile prostitute, right? Talk about the grace of God. Uh, Anybody can come if they are of a repentant and faithful heart. There's no one more deserving or less deserving. Right. So then the last red thread is kind of interesting. This isn't in the scripture, but it is in uh, Jewish tradition. On Yom Kippur, recall that the priest would have two goats and he would cast lots over the goat. One goat would be offered up as a burnt sacrifice for sin. The other goat was called the Azazel, and he was the goat in the King James that was uh, called the scapegoat, that the priest would recite the sins over the head of the goat, and somebody would take the goat into the wilderness and send it away. According to 
rabbinic tradition, and I can't verify this from the scripture, just to say this is an old, old tradition. Um, when the lots were cast, the priest would tie a red thread around the head of the goat for Azazel, the scapegoat, and a red thread around the neck of the goat for burnt offering. And so together, those two goats, we understand uh, one is offered up and one signifies the release from sin, right? So there's even in, in the practice, uh, apparent practice of uh, the Yom Kippur uh, service uh, in the temple, that red thread continued to uh, make an appearance, an important appearance, because then we talk about, of course, coming into the new covenant. John looks at Yeshua and says, here's the Lamb of God will take away the sin of the world. And so there's this scarlet thread, if you will, that ties together. Another way to think about scripture, it's about the redemption that God aims to uh, bring to pass through the offering of ultimately the sacrifice of Yeshua. So I just think that's a really uh, kind of cool way to look at things. The other, the other thing that I found out was about pomegranates. And Bob Well, I actually have it here, but <clears throat> pomegranates came to be a symbol in the ancient world uh, because they had so many seeds that they came to become symbols of uh, fertility. But in the scripture, uh, it's a little bit different, not uh, simply uh, fertility, but rather it is turned towards the idea of righteousness because according to tradition, just like there are 613 commandments, there are 613 seeds in a pomegranate. Now, I've never counted out the seeds of a pomegranate, so I don't know if that's true. But you can see the intention there to show that the pomegranate becomes a symbol of righteousness. They are uh, part of the priest's garments here. They're part of uh, the building of the temple. Solomon has pomegranates worked into the capitals of the pillars that are being built. Um, the other places that pomegranates are mentioned, uh, it does refer to fruitfulness and blessing and prosperity. Part of the blessing is that every man will have a, a, a vine and olive and pomegranate trees. So it is a symbol of blessing. But the one that I like the most is uh, in Song of Solomon. Uh, there we find the pomegranate uh, often used to describe the loveliness of the bride. And the bridegroom says to the young woman, your lips are like a scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like the halves of a pomegranate. In other words, the modest blush on her cheeks reminds the groom of the beauty that lies within. So now just take a moment, Yeshua, fruitfulness, blessing, the uh, beauty that's within, but also the Song of Solomon gives us this, this interesting twist that the pomegranate symbolizes maybe even more the people of God. And for us as New Testament believers, the bride of Christ, this beautiful, fruitful, blessing full uh, fruit, this pomegranate, 
in some way then is representative of the loveliness of the bride. I just think that's so great. So the priest carries this around now on the bottom of his robe, the bells to signify his presence. And between the bells then he carries this other symbol that in some way represents the beautiful people of God. Can, it, can I uh, he share uh, something from Ephesians 5 there? Yeah, that just, by he, all means. He set me up, man. I didn't, <laughs> and it wasn't intentional. He said, this is 5 starting at uh, 28. It says, in the same way husbands should love their wives as they do their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own body but he nourishes and tenderly cares for it just as Christ does for the church because we are members of his body. Mm -hmm. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a great mystery and I am applying it to Christ and the church. Amen. It's a great mystery, but we are his bride, right? Mm -hmm. the church this is why we have to come together in one body and and you know become one flesh with him well we're we're uh we're gonna we're we're, we're kind of running up to the end and i want to uh, say we hardly talked at all about the dwelling place of god and tracing that through scripture and uh but I, I think the, the good place to end, of course, is, is the end of chapter 40 about the glory of God came and filled the tabernacle. And as God's dwelling place now by the Holy Spirit, we want to pray uh, for you who are listening, uh, for us as well in the studio, that we would be people who are made pure by the Holy Spirit, a fit dwelling place that the glory of God may rest upon us as he rested over the tabernacle that we would be full of the glory of God. You know, the scripture says, uh, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. May we as God's people present ourselves as living sacrifices that the glory of God may come and fill us. Hi, I'm Robert Shepard. America has approximately 580,000 homeless people. My area of Virginia estimates 5,783 people living on the streets. A Google search can show the homeless number in your state. You can make a difference. Please send a message that God loves the homeless and has not forgotten them. Go to www.comingsoonjesus.org and click on Fundraising. Purchase the Coming Soon Jesus t-shirt or hoodie the CSJ team delivers the shirts and hoodies to homeless shelters, churches, and even directly to the homeless. Together, we can make a difference. Together, we can help the homeless. Please go to www.comingsoonjesus.org. Purchase a t-shirt or hoodie for the homeless today. God bless you as you bless the homeless.
Current FM has good news. The FCC has approved our application to triple our radio signal. We get to go up in power. We've been praying for this for so long, but we can't do this without your help. We are asking you to help fund this power increase as we'll need to buy a bigger transmitter and antenna. The price for these items alone will be approximately $75,000. Can you help us reach the amount needed so we can quickly get the power increase up and going? You can easily donate securely online at CurrentFM.com. You can also send in a check to Current FM, 3500 Virginia Beach Boulevard, Suite 201, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23452. We are nonprofit and tax deductible. It's because of your prayers that we received favor from the FCC, and we can't thank you enough for those prayers and for your financial support through the years. Help Current FM in reaching more people and seeing more lives changed in the years ahead. Hi, I'm Robert Shepard. America has approximately 580,000 homeless people. My area of Virginia estimates 5,783 people living on the streets. A Google search can show the homeless number in your state. You can make a difference. Please send a message that God loves the homeless and has not forgotten them. Go to www.comingsoonjesus.org and click on Fundraising. Purchase the Coming Soon Jesus t-shirt or hoodie. The CSJ team delivers the shirts and hoodies to homeless shelters, churches, and even directly to the homeless. Together, we can make a difference. Together, we can help the homeless. Please go to www.comingsoonjesus.org. Purchase a t-shirt or hoodie for the homeless today. God bless you as you bless the homeless. Okay, so Efrat is an organization in Israel supporting pregnant women that unfortunately for financial reasons are considering terminating their pregnancy. Efrat comes in with love and compassion to be able to help each and every woman in need. Today we're actually celebrating, believe it or not, 84,047 babies that Efrat has saved. Each one of them is an entire world. We know God says each baby saved is an entire world, but it's not only the babies, it's especially these mothers. Every mother is an entire world. She didn't really inside want to have an abortion and we were able to support her. What do we do? First of all, we grab her and we hug her and we love her and we tell her she's not alone. No woman should feel alone. We do this in Israel every year over 3,000 women a year we service. And then we provide to them material support, which they feel is a deciding factor to terminate their pregnancy. So they tell us, how can we afford a crib? Clothing for the baby, how can we afford it? We wanna have the child maybe. We already scheduled an abortion because everybody told us that's all it needs to be done. How can we afford to have the child? So we provide for them everything the baby needs. A crib, a carriage, a baby bath, clothing, diapers, bottles, everything. And then their husbands, boyfriends, or the pressuring environment says, okay, that's nice. That's a nice, cute little thing. Just a crib, a baby is so expensive. And we say, we know that. So we will be there for you all along your difficult time. And we provide a monthly package of baby formula, 
diapers, wipes, and basic staple products for the mother and child for 24 months after the baby's born. Now they can breathe. Wow, 24 months? The answer is yes. We are there for you. You are not alone. And if you need additional vocational training, we make sure you gain a profession. And for some of our most difficult moms that are really so pressured to the corner that have nowhere to live, we actually have a shelter for them where we provide them housing with like-minded women who are considering terminating the pregnancy and have nowhere to live but want to keep that child. We provide them beautiful housing for the entire pregnancy, everything they need. We make sure they have a job so that later on they can fend for their newborn child and we support them for six months in this home after the baby's born. So look us up. Our website is Crib Efrat, like a crib. Efrat is spelled E-F-R-A-T.org. You can look us up, subscribe to our website so you can get updates as to the beautiful women that are supported and the beautiful babies that are born. Cribefrat.org. Cribefrat.org. And now we are servicing Jewish communities all throughout the world, wherever they might be, especially here in the United States. But the organization has started in Israel, 47 years, 84,047 babies, cribefrat.org. Please look us up, connect with us on our socials, and see what the beautiful, beautiful gifts that God is showering Israel with for every single woman. Thank you. Hi, I'm Tim Ritter at Family Fun Experience Theater, and we want to welcome you to a very special event. We do special events here a lot besides our regular shows. We love to host events, any kind of special events you may have, including we've done a number of film screenings and film festivals here, but we've got a very special film coming up on June 13th called Dinner and a Movement. And I'll let the director of the film tell you a little bit more about the film, but it's a very special film about a very special moment in history that not a lot of people have a lot of information about. And I'm thrilled to see the film myself here coming up. Um, but I know the film is called Dinner in a Movement. We are planning to have some kind of dinner here as an option for you as well, or just come and enjoy the film. But we really hope you can join us on June 13th at Family Fun Experience Theater, 206 16th Street. And if you're looking for uh, tickets to that show, you can go to ffxshow.org, or if you're looking to uh, book your own special event here, you can also go to ffxshow.org and let us know what you'd like us to help plan for you. Hi, I'm Michael Mines, and I am the director of a new film uh, called Dinner and a Movement. Uh, the heart of Dinner and a Movement is to bring people together and, and talk about race and relations and, and politics and, and all the things they tell us not to talk about on our job. Uh, I have a group. Uh, my group is called Jonah's Run, and a year or so ago, we recorded a video called Until You Treat Me Right. And when we performed the song live, it got so much backlash uh, from racist people saying things like, uh, tell the N-words to stop breaking the law and, and, and they deserve to die. And I hope cops kill more of them. So what we did, instead of becoming angry about it or bitter, uh, we invited 
people to come out and talk. Some of those same people, we sent an invitation to them to come out, have dinner with us, dinner on us, and let's talk about race relations in this country. In doing so, we also encountered some members of a lost piece of history, some ancestors of the contraband decision. The contraband decision happened right here in Hampton Roads at Fort Monroe, and it is the impetus. It is what started the ball rolling to the release of the slaves and freedom in America. And it has been largely lost to history. And so we also invited descendants of the contraband decision to sit down with us. So there was a former racist. There were white people, black people, uh, Native Americans, uh, all types of people from all walks of life. And we talked and we hashed it out. No punches were pulled. No feelings were hurt. We just talked and you get to witness it all on camera. Learn about history and learn a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your brother from another mother. June 13th, here at the Family Fun Experience. Can you see early We know that it's not a black or white thing. But somebody made a black and white. Right. right. That's the key. Right. That's right. Somebody made a black and white thing. Mm -hmm. My lawyer is black. My doctor is black. This one is black. So this stuff isn't really happening to black people. I know why the Klansman despised this because he's ignorant. But I don't know what took problem. All right. If this is America and we're supposed to pride ourselves on being free, I don't want to trade white oppression for black oppression. You know, where black people telling you, you can't listen to this, you can't love this person, you can't go here because that's white. But now you just the dark skinned white man. One day when our house caught on fire and I wasn't there, these two people that hated each other both came to my bedroom thinking I was in there, pulled my bed out on fire thinking I was still in there. Oh. The colors didn't matter at that moment. Not a bit. We think that we all in this room together. So be human as you walk out of here. Don't be black or white. Be human. Hopefully, it was more than just dinner. Hopefully, it was dinner and a movement. What's going on, everybody? Uh, so you got to hear One New Man Ministries. You got to see the, the Dinner and a Movement. Uh, you got to see a lot of that stuff that we, we've been working on, things that we've been working on for years. Uh, you know, I want to be completely honest with you. It is we, we us trying to raise this money, uh, you know, for to be able to pay off the mall and walk away and not have to deal with legal stuff. We don't want to get sued. 
Uh, we need our brothers and sisters. It's that simple, folks. It's it's. We need you guys to help us out. We need our brothers and sisters. Uh, it's about 500 people that go to comingsoonjesus.org and purchase the Coming Soon Jesus shirt. We're not even just asking you to give us money. We're just saying you know, 500 people uh, you know, to go to comingsoonjesus.org and get the Coming Soon Jesus shirt. That's what will help us uh, not have to deal with legal um, and help us leave with dignity. You know, that's what we're asking for. Help us leave with dignity. Help us. I mean, that's, you know, we, we've, we've been working so hard for 20 years in the community. We're just asking to help us leave with dignity. Uh, I'm not trying to guilt anybody, but we, we're we in big trouble. You know what I mean? Uh, and I know you're going to tell me to have faith, and I do have faith. I have faith that God's going to touch people's hearts and help us, you know, not be in this situation. You know, um and I think that sometimes God, I think people sometimes use the idea of God to hide behind on why they're not going to support, why they're not going to do what they're supposed to do and be brothers and sisters. And I think this is one of the reasons why people are so discouraged. You know, uh, we have over 50,000 items on comingsoonjesus.org from all prices, all ranges, uh, you know, so... Uh, we need our brothers and sisters to help, you know, to get out of this situation. And I, I don't know what else to tell you guys. I do want to show this to you. Um, this is the a crystal here that's amazing. It's $500. Um, and listen, don't tell me this is too expensive. It's just not for you. But, you know, if you don't want it, I mean, the, but don't try to dog me out because we, we know how much we paid for it. So we know how, we know the value of it. So don't, we're not trying to rip anybody off. But uh, anyone that donates five hundred dollars, we're gonna, you know, uh, this is this. You see the value of the five hundred, right? Anyone that donates about five hundred dollars or more, you're gonna get the crystal, and you're gonna get three coming to Jesus shirts uh, or coming to Yeshua shirts. But we've got over five hundred thousand. I'm sorry, we got over fifty thousand items on comingsoonjesus.org for you to order from ranging from $4 to $25. Uh, we need 500 people to go to comingsoonjesus.org and get the Coming Soon Jesus shirt. If you haven't been on the site, please go to the website. Go to comingsoonjesus.org. We need our brothers and sisters help. Sorry, I don't know what that was. We need our brothers and sisters help. Uh, we're, in, we're going to get sued by the mall. They're going to use, they're going to sue us. And we need our brothers and sisters to stand by us. You guys saw what was happening. You guys saw that we were getting crushed uh, by the, the mall and that, that we weren't getting the support. And many people asked us, many people said, why don't you just close up, right? Now that we have closed up and we still need your help, will you help us now? That's my question. Now that we've done this to do, and we closed up. Help us now because people were not helping us before. So we're asking now, now that we're closing up, we genuinely need help and support. The mall is going to continue putting pressure on us. Uh, I I know that we can file bankruptcy. Excuse me. I know we can file bankruptcy. We don't want to file bankruptcy. We don't have to. There's not a this. We shouldn't have to file bankruptcy. We shouldn't have to. 
We have something for everybody up here. We did that on purpose. We did that strategically. We have something for everybody that we should not have to file bankruptcy, people. And we don't want to file bankruptcy. And I'm going to keep fighting so that we don't. But look look at what we have here, the options that we have uh, for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, and we're trying our best to, to fight, but we need our brothers and sisters. All you have to do is go to comingsoonjesus.org. Uh, and I'm going to put up here the ways that you can help. If you don't want to support, then if you don't want to, our items aren't even going out and people aren't even seeing our videos. Uh, and that's scary by itself that people can't see the videos. Um, but um, coming to Jesus, you can also check out Current FM. That's another cool thing. Uh, let's see here. What do we got here? So these are all the ways that you can help. You can go to CSJ Team. You can go to PayPal.me, or you can go to ComingToJesus.org. We we need our brothers and sisters to step in and help us. Uh, we're going to either have to pay them twelve thousand uh, dollars, pay them all twelve thousand uh, dollars. You know, at least if we can pay. The rent this month and make twelve hundred dollars to pay them this month, and that gives us another month to try to raise the money that we need to try to avoid legal fees. Guys, everybody tries to come up. Here's what ir irritates me: everybody tries to come up with ideas other than saying, "Let's help." You know, it's like, "Oh, go go talk to a lawyer. Go do this. Go do that." It's like, no, just help. You know, like we're not as we we want to leave with dignity. We're not trying to do anything shady we just want to leave them all with dignity and and i think you guys need to understand how it makes us look like we're sending a message not just to my kids we're sending a message to the world that yes we will let you just fall now, i understand if somebody was to say hey you you don't market and advertise that would be a lie we've invested everything we have in marketing and advertising to try to get this the, the word out the, the scripture tells us where a man's treasure is, there his heart is also. Well, everything that we have is invested in comingsoonjesus.org, the website, the kiosk, the television show. That's who we are. That's what we do. And I'm not interested in getting the support of people who are just hard-hearted jerks. You know, I'm trying to get people who, who really have a heart for evangelism who are saying, hey, we need to be a part of, we need to support this, you know, um, and, and that's what's so heartbreaking is that everybody was like, oh, dude, just shut it down. It's like, why is it easier for you to say shut it down than to say, hey, man, I'll support? You know, that's why it's like some of the most discouraging people often are in the body of Christ, you know, and, it, and it's sad, it's scary, you know, and then there's people that say, oh, dude, don't talk about it, just have faith. Well, if I don't talk about it, then everybody automatically assumes that we're on the up and up and everything's great and we don't need people's support when we do need people's support. And we're about to get sued and we're asking for our brothers and sisters to help. We're asking for the help of the church. And often, this is what single mothers look like when they're asking for help from people and people decide to give them all other reasons why they can do this. And you know who ends up helping? Like some pimp or something like that who helps a single mom and says, hey, do a couple favors for my friends and then I'll, I'll give you some money for you to pay. Like, this is what I mean. It's like, everyone says, Oh, Oh, Oh Duke, why didn't you, 
But I've seen this before. That's why I'm talking about it. I, with all those book Christian bookstores closed, that wasn't God's will. That wasn't God's will. The people of God didn't show up. That wasn't God's will for 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 the community to lose faith based bookstores and you know like that was a it's it's you know and this is what's so sad is that everyone gets to hide behind the idea of God when people need help we help them right that's what we do we if if you're losing your house if you're about to lose your mortgage or you're about to lose your house and do you know how many fundraisers we've done to try to help people from lose keep people from losing their homes and the people of God don't show up. We've tried we've tried to help people keep we stop people from losing their homes. The, the amount of discouraged people. Do you know how many people are scared to even say I need help from the church? I need help from the people of God because we don't show up. But when someone says something then everybody wants to get on the defensive and go, no, we do show up. We do show up. It's like, all right. All right. You know, see it your way. Just so you can avoid feeling accountability. See it your way. But I'm telling you guys right now, I'm I'm telling you guys, we uh, we have to raise this money. We have to raise this money because of the fact that the, the, it's about $20,000 total because the other bills are getting out of control. Everything fell apart. Everything got out of control. We got our butts kicked. Uh, and it's, you know, we've got over $60,000 worth of merchandise that we're trying to sell so that we don't have to go through this. And all you guys have to do is support. Uh, we've got $60,000 worth of merchandise. It's not like we're just out back, but we've got the merchandise. If you guys support then we don't have to get punished and go through the court system. All you guys have to do is say, hey, man, I'll buy a $10 cup. I'll buy the, the T-shirt. Here, Duke. Like, we need 500 people to buy the Coming Soon Jesus T-shirt. You know, uh, it's, it's really not difficult. And it's so sad that it has to be, like, this hard. I'm going to say 600 people to... It, it, you know what's funny? It, I know that it doesn't matter how transparent I am. People just do what they want. And I know that many people are going to laugh and say, look at Duke looking stupid, looking like a fool. Because I already had this happen. People have already told me, Duke, you know how stupid you look out there asking people to support you? People don't care. People do. They don't care about you. They got families of their own. They don't care about you. And this is what people tell me. They're like, Duke, man, stop. and just go through it. It's like, No. We don't have to just go through it. I don't accept that. I don't accept that. Well, I don't I don't I don't. I don't accept that. You know, like the people of God will sit there and watch you just go through while they're going, bless the Lord, praise God, have faith. No, we're supposed to work together. This is why so many people are discouraged. You know, if like like so so we need six hundred people. Hold on one second. Yeah, we need about six hundred people to go to comingsoonjesus.org. And like and here's the thing. We will make sure Taco Bell stays in business. We will make sure, I mean, like the scripture doesn't lie. 
where a man's treasure is, there his heart is also. I think the prosperity preachers of the past really screw people's brains up. I honestly think that. I think the, the prosperity preachers have made people so lethargic where they don't know how to respond to real urgency anymore. In case you're trying to figure out what we're talking about here is uh, we are we're going to get sued by the mall. Uh, they're pretty much going to they're pretty much going to crush us, uh, you know, because we had to leave the mall. We left the mall because they moved us to in a place where we couldn't be seen uh, because hope was acting up. And Hope got she got she started acting up, you know. And the, the crazy part is that Hope told me that she did it on that she would act up on purpose to get us kicked out, uh, and that that really hurt me to my heart. But that was her way of, of of basically saying, "Hey, man, we're here every day. It's not working." She was tired of us, you know, having making five dollars in a day. We had we went from eight hundred dollars a day and being able to support like families and we were able to support businesses and ministries we were able to do so much and then all of a sudden uh you know really it was like COVID happened and then uh right during the holidays that's when everybody stopped supporting right around the time of that people celebrate the messiah is the same time that <laughs> that people stopped investing in what we did you know what i mean uh, and so I, I'm, I decided that I wanted to share with everybody the journey of what this actually looked like. Uh, and that's what we're doing. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm a little confused on why we don't get support because everything we do is about building other people. Like this is Janet Garcia's book, not our book. And it's confusing because People talk about people not supporting each other, but our entire organization is designed to sell other people's stuff. And we want it to build a platform to promote other people and to help other people and to help other people's ministries. And so somehow we ended up getting punished by that. And maybe we should have just minded our own business. And maybe I should have just focused on coming soon, Jesus. Maybe I should have just focused on, maybe I should, like, I'm so let me guys, let me tell you guys the truth. I'm battling complete discouragement and I'm battling feeling like a complete failure. So even now I'm like holding back tears, right? Because I feel like I failed my family. We got hundreds of thousands of dollars locked up into this and everything's gone wrong. And ultimately it's my fault because I'm a man. I feel like I wasn't really hearing from God all these mind games are playing in my head now. And it's like, Duke, the reason why no one's supporting you is because of the fact that you're fake. That's what it feels like. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. It feels like, you know, and then I have to remind myself all the things that we accomplished. And it goes back and forth. It goes back and forth. You know, uh, there's times where I just want to vanish and disappear. I'm humiliated. I'm... I definitely am humiliated for sure. You know what I mean? This hurts so freaking bad. And it hurts because I believed I, and, and I know someone's going to have something stupid to say, cause they always do. Cause they're going to think they're sounding wise, but they really sound stupid. But I'm so hurt because I believed that the people of God really 
wanted to see like a move of God. But really, they really the truth is people don't care. You know, th that's the truth. Like, I, I can see the evidence because I'm not the only one. I mean, this is like a 20 year old conversation I've been having with other pastors and pastors are like, don't talk about this stuff. Don't talk about it. They don't get it. Well, I don't care if you don't get it, then you don't get it. But man, we need help right now. Anyway, uh, I'm getting emotional, so I'm going to pull back a little bit, you know, because somebody will use that against me. Like, dude doesn't have faith. He's on there crying. I'm over here crying because I gave my all. I did my best. That's why I want to cry. Because I know the mall is the mall. They're, they're business. They're not ministry. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to throw they're, they're going to throw the book at me. And you guys are going to watch me get slaughtered and then sit there and tell me that you love me and tell me that you love my kids. I think that's what I'm preparing for. That's the part that I'm preparing to irritate me the most. I'm going to sit there and watch. You guys are going to watch me get slaughtered. You're going to watch me go into poverty. Watch me fail. Watch. The, and I'm doing this for God. You guys are going to. I know you're going to do it. Like, I, I'm not confused about it. And people say, well, that's why you like, I'm, I'm having chest pains right now. You know, and, and so what's going to happen is that you guys are going to watch me hit rock bottom and then sit there and tell me that you love me and love my family. I don't want to, like, <laughs> we need help. And I'm not even panicking. I'm not panicking. I'm irritated because I already know, I've already seen how this works out with other people. I've seen how so many Christians have let other people go through pure hell and they don't recover they just keep their struggle private because they now know nobody cares but i can tell you what i i can tell you what i i understand now why people walk away man i do i do i really do understand why people walk away because it's a it's a trap that's why because it's not a faith thing it's it's not a faith thing you can do everything right, and people will just, people love stupid stuff more than they love God. And God, that's Jeremiah chapter 5 if you want to go check it out. Uh, it's true. I'm going to show you some of the stuff that, uh, that we've been working on. I'm going to show you what we actually do. See, this is the type of stuff that we love doing, you know. I'm going to pull up an episode of the show. Here we go. Lucifer and the Father with one of our business partners, uh, Justice Pictures, who we plan on doing some really huge things here in the Hampton Roads area. So everybody who has a heart for media or wants to do something in film, uh, acting, theater, camera work, whatever, please get in contact with us. Just go to justicepictures.com uh, and then we're going to be rocking and rolling. It's going to be amazing. But again, we're in production right now, so you might see me in and out because I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but you will be seeing some. This season is going to be awesome. 
filled with wonderful, wonderful ministries. Of course, just to give you a recap of what the show is about, this broadcast is about showing you the wonderful things that the kingdom of God is doing. This year in particular, we are going to be trying to, to uh, teach the church, teach the body of Christ more about media and what it need, what it takes to, to make a production uh, as far as film. Uh, and we've got to kind of get involved in the entertainment industry a little bit, not for the sake of entertaining, but to, to send a message that, that God is alive and God is well. Things have obviously we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of crazy stuff happening. People, people are going a little loony, a little loony. But it's it's cool though because I have to. Uh, but the, the point is, is that we really want to open up and open up an opportunity for the people of God to share the message in a creative way. The first thing I want to remind everybody is that the language of God is creativity. So he has a creative way of getting his message out. And it's very, very important that we don't stifle that, oppress that. And it's even more important that we stay tuned to the creativity of God and that we invest in it and build in it. So with that being said, definitely want to let you guys know we are open to sponsorship. We are open to, you know, you know, for, for you guys to invest in us. We, we have such a cool marketing program. Uh, for if you have a business out there, you want to get your business name out there, work with us, market with us, uh, promote with us. We want to tell your story. We want to promote your business. Uh, we are definitely big advocates of entrepreneurs. So make sure that you guys uh, connect with us. Uh, we don't do nothing for free, though. So don't be asking that for free because I did that for like 20 years. And I'm telling you, it'd be like, wow, don't. Don't ask nothing for free, but we do want to bless as many people. And I want to be honest with you. The reason why we say that is because we have so many big projects that everything that you guys do, like everything that when you guys support us, you're helping us support others. Also, we have our store in Lynn Haven Mall, 701 Lynn Haven Parkway. We have a little kiosk there and we sell faith-based inspirational material. Uh, you'll meet the kids out there. We do that right after the radio show. We'd love to, for you to be a part of that, look, to, for, to, to come and support. We've got original artwork from Faith Marie White, my daughter, uh, who doesn't want people to know that she does artwork, but uh, that's her art up there. Then we've got Raven Reynolds. He has some things up there. We've got original artwork and T-shirts uh, by Robert Sesum. That's amazing. So we have so many different things up there that's really cool. Also, don't forget to make sure you tune into the radio show, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. every morning on Current FM. That's WJLZ, Current FM, uh, www.currentfm.com, 88.5 FM, 97.9 FM, 103.7 FM, and 103.9 FM. Uh, and we play amazing music that it's rocking, it's rapping, and you get to hear me. Uh, talking your head off about crazy stuff, really incoherent, sleepy, kind of groggy, but it's cool. It's funny. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I'm just yelling and screaming. It just listen, you'll figure it out. Uh, but the other thing is, um, we got an awesome social media website called Savior Connect. Make sure you tune in to Savior Connect uh, because Savior Connect, get a Savior Connect page. It's like a faith-based Facebook. If you ever need a break from some of the crazy stuff that goes on face, uh, Facebook and you need a break from it, Savior Connect is where you want to be. Uh, we've got some amazing concerts coming up that I'm going to show you from Current FM. Hits deep. Uh, like I said, we're working on Worlds Collide. We got, you'll see, we're going to show you 
in this broadcast. We're going to show you a whole lot of stuff. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that you guys understand that this show is about being a platform for many women of God who have ministries, who have uh, ideas, creativity. We want to help you launch that and, and connect with the masses, connect with the, the businesses out there. And we want to help you create some of the best productions possible. So uh, enjoy the broadcast. Enjoy the show. We love you guys. And we'll be right back. Current FM has good news. The FCC has approved our application to triple our radio signal. We get to go up in power. We've been praying for this for so long, but we can't do this without your help. We are asking you to help fund this power increase as we'll need to buy a bigger transmitter and antenna. The price for these items alone will be approximately $75,000. Can you help us reach the amount needed so we can quickly get the power increase up and going? You can easily donate securely online at CurrentFM.com. You can also send in a check to Current FM, 3500 Virginia Beach Boulevard, Suite 201, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23452. We are nonprofit and tax deductible. It's because of your prayers that we received favor from the FCC, and we can't thank you enough for those prayers and for your financial support through the years. Help Current FM in reaching more people and seeing more lives changed in the years ahead. All right, everybody. What's up, everybody? Uh, you're uh, watching FM in the AM, Current FM. Of course, we got with us the man, David Crowder. In man, the I like band. your attitude. Dude, I like your attitude. That feels oh. nice. He's like, yeah, he's affirming, man. Yeah, dude, listen, man, I got to tell you, man, you have been uh, such a pillar of the faith and, and so and, and, uh, for so long, uh, not like you're old or anything. <laughs> I, I'm not ancient. I'm, I'm eternal. That's what I tell everybody I like. Wizard like eternal, man. I go on. But, but I got to tell you this, man. I want to say something to you because I've always wanted to say this to you. You make every song, like, I, I feel like every song you make, you put everything you got into it. Oh, uh, you can always tell when an artist kind of gets used to themselves, but you always push yourself to be, like, I can tell you push yourself to be better and better every single time. And every time I think you put out your best song, <laughs> you come out with the next one. <laughs> I think it's that's called, the coolest thing in the world. Called, I think it's called ADHD. <laughs> I got. You. I think it's man. I just keep getting inspired by stuff, man. And when you, I, I think that's a that's the thing that I love about art and about people that make creatives that make stuff is like when I get blown up inside, I, I can't help but like go down that trail. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is blowing me up. I got to explore it. I got to figure it out. I got to know what this is. And then when you're making something, you you can't help but share it. You know, it's like when you're at dinner and you're like, man, this this bite of steak I just had is so good. You got to try this, you know, and you can't help it. You're like, Hey man, these French fries are freaking deal, man. Check this this fry. It's good. Have some, you know, that's (laughs) how it is. You speak my language. That's it, dude. I'm telling you, it's like, it's, it's it. It's you, 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 you find something that moves you and then you want to, it makes me immediately want to create and then I want to share it. You know, if it, if it turns out something, I'm like, Hey man, you got to check this out. Like this blew me up. Let's see if it blows you up. And uh, that's what I've been doing the whole time. I've been, you know, privileged to be, get make it, get to be making music, you know? 
You know what I tell people all the time? You know what I tell people all the time? I tell people all the time that uh that the true language of God it is is not even just like Hebrew or Aramaic or anything. The true language of God is creativity because he's the creator and we are his creation and he knows how to get the the word of God to deaf ears and blind eyes and you know as long as he can speak to the heart, you know, uh we have an ability to be inspired and so I, I do want to say you do an amazing job. Uh, like, I, I don't think I got you pinned down. Like, I know that he is this type of artist. This is his favorite music. <laughs> this is who we are. We're back, we're back to the 88 state, man. Yeah. Squirrel, <laughs> you know, I'm that dude. I am that dude, man. Yeah, I want to yeah, see what's yeah. on the other side, you know. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to hear from the source. Where did your musical influence come from, or was it always all of it? Man, that's a great, that's that's a well phrased way to ask that. Um, so my my parents they weren't musical. Um, we but we had a piano in the house, and and it was it was really nothing more than it was the thing they said don't touch because it's yeah. been passed down. But it's the only thing in the room that makes the good noises. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Faith White. I'm one of the CSJ teens. Hello, my name is Hope White. I'm one of the CSJ kids. Still. And we're back with Real Life with Duke White. And today we're going to be talking to you about our kiosk in Lynn Haven Mall, uh, 701 Lynn Haven Parkway, Virginia Beach, Virginia. And we are an inspirational business in the marketplace. And we help many nonprofit ministries. And we help also many faith-based entrepreneurs. And a few of the ministries we support that are nonprofits, Savior Connect, Current FM, and also Penn Ministries. And speaking of Penn Ministries, we also do this program called Hoodies for the Homeless and hoodies, shirts, beanies for the homeless, anything to keep people who don't have a home warm or just during this time who are really cold warm. So it's where you can buy a hoodie, beanie or T-shirt and then the clothing gets donated to. It can really get donated to anywhere. But Penn Ministries is the one we've been donating to mostly. We, If we see, of course, if we see a homeless person on the street, we'll give them a beanie, give them a shirt, give them a, a, a hoodie if we have one. So, but, but with your support of getting a hoodie, beanie, or a shirt for the homeless, it helps us continue to keep people warm during the winter time, especially days like this where it's like 40 degrees outside and or, you know, during this time, January, February, it's still pretty cold outside. So please continue to support Hoodies for the Homeless. If you can't do anything else, that would be greatly appreciated. And uh, do you want to talk about what we have on the kiosk and everything? Yes. So some of the things that we have on the kiosk is like mugs, keychains, bracelets, mm-hmm. necklaces, earrings. We got like different designs on the earrings. And then like on our keychains, like we have like crosses. And then we also have like little Holy Bible keychains. You will need a magnifying glass, but okay. Um, and all the, by the way, all the necklaces are yes. stainless steel. So all stainless steel. And then we mm-hmm. also have like the tree of life on some mm-hmm. of ours. And then like the Jesus and then like the Lord's prayer. And then on, on our bracelets, we got adjustable mm-hmm. and non-adjustable if you come to the kiosk. The pictures will be popping up yeah. so you know what we're so, talking about. Yeah. And you can also come to the kiosk to see in person, obviously. And if you want to make like an order or something mm-hmm. like that, you can always call 1-844-937-4821 or just go to our website, Coming to the Jesus T-shirts. But also we have like on our wipe, like on our baby onesies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a gift from God. Yeah. Um, coming soon, Jesus. Or we can make whatever. And then we can also customize shirts. Um, like say her shirt, we could mm-hmm. put like gold on it. Um, not gold shirt, but like 
a black if and you, gold. Yeah. yeah. If you or like, if you want it like a different color combination that we don't have on the yeah. kiosk or on the website, you can message us on uh, Facebook, Coming Soon Jesus T-shirts, and you can put your order in, and we could take your order over the phone, or you could just come down to the kiosk and pay for it, just put your order in. So yeah. And then not just that, but like say if you wanted like different colors, so you could put like uh, coming soon like black, and then mm -hmm. on the Jesus like gold or pink or gray or anything like that, whatever you think pops or whatever. And yeah, so um, and we really enjoy being in the mall, especially yes, and with your support, it helps us stay in the mall and stay continue doing the television show, preaching the gospel everywhere from anywhere. So you're giving us that ability. So please continue to support the kiosk and support what we're doing so we can continue to being a blessing in the community and even outside the community. Um, that's all for today. God bless. God bless you. So I start, you know, as soon as I reach this gate, I'm like, you know, banging on stuff. And then at some point my mom's like, hey, I recognize that song. That's got a, I think that's the Rocky theme. <laughs> you know? We got we to get the kid lessons. Seems like it got an ear. And man, I hated it. I went kicking and screaming. I did not like piano lessons at all. Um, but what's amazing about every twist and turn in my life where I thought I knew where I was headed, it was it was someone like mom coming along that could see something in me I couldn't see and then redirected my path in a way that, you know, here we are talking today. It, and it's really been that. I've never felt like an artist or like a I've never felt like a creative. And that's what I, I tell people all the time is they're like, man, you're always like exploring all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I do feel adventurous and I do feel exploratory, but I don't, I feel, I feel more artisan than artist. I feel more like a craftsman that, you know, what I, what I love most is Jesus. And when you're part of, of following Jesus, you wind up in a community of believers. If you're doing it right, you're going to be part of a church family. And, nobody's going to ask me to bring the casserole on Wednesday. <laughs> right, right. I'm not right. a good cook, right? but right. I'm somewhat musically inclined. And so it's a way that I can contribute and bring what, how I'm gifted in whatever way God put me together. I can bring something that says something unique and, and organic about our, our current situation as humans and a community of believers trying to follow what, it, what, what this Jesus is and what it means to be human in relationship to the divine. And so I feel like that's, I, I feel like I'm, it's more utilitarian than, than artistry. It's yeah, more, I got what you. I do useful. Well, yeah, cause it's going gonna, it's gonna to come off different when you're the embodiment of that versus just like an ability or a talent, but you, we really represent the embodiment. Interesting. Of, uh, yeah. You know, it, it, cause that, that's, yeah, it, it's, it's more holistic. You're right. Yeah. It's, more, it's, it's not more like, it, yeah, it's not like, uh, okay, I've been blessed with this talent. I'm going to sing. Cause I love to sing. It's more, right. it's more like, what do we need to sing together today? How can I help us sing what we need to sing today? Yeah. It'll reform us and remake us and help us understand one it, another. It takes the, the limits on, off the, the, the boundaries of because I noticed that, uh, you know, we, we, obviously we, we talk about this uh, constantly on, on our show, especially today, like in Christian music, there is still like a racial divide and, you know, and, uh, like this black gospel and, right. you know, and so, but with like, you can't put that on you. You can't put that on you that day. <laughs> <laughs> like one minute I'm like, man, that brother got sold. The next minute I'm like, that brother's metal. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally right. You know, <laughs> because if we have the imprint of the maker, 
then we're a lot there's a lot more diversity inside of ourselves than we even acknowledge you know you, you can't i can't go on ancestry.com and be like oh i'm from england i'm very pasty white i burn in the sunshine you know it's like i can't I, because if i have the imprint of the maker on me then i'm i'm as broad as what he's made and his creation is really really broad yeah. and so how to say how to how to tell his story then You believe the lies that said you were nothing Laying on the floor in the bathroom crying Feeling all alone in the dark So broken, listen you are loved More than you know I know you think that you just Hi, I'm Robert Shepard. America has approximately 580,000 homeless people. My area of Virginia estimates 5,783 people living on the streets. A Google search can show the homeless number in your state. You can make a difference. Please send a message that God loves the homeless and has not forgotten them. Go to www.comingsoonjesus.org and click on fundraising. Purchase the Coming Soon Jesus t-shirt or hoodie. The CSJ team delivers the shirts and hoodies to homeless shelters, churches, and even directly to the homeless. Together, we can make a difference. Together, we can help the homeless. Please go to www.comingsoonjesus.org. Purchase a t-shirt or hoodie for the homeless today. God bless you as you bless the homeless. Well, it's not going to be, you know, I think even right now, you know, there's there, there is such a beautiful dialogue between the black church and the white church right now. You know, and 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 the fact that I can say that and you nod and we acknowledge it is yes. it, it hurts my heart because what about the Korean church? What about, you know, the Chinese church here in America? What about we're so uh, much broader and more diverse, but our conversations that we we elevate really divide. And you know what's so funny? I actually, I actually agree one hundred percent with you because uh, for so long, I, when, you, you know, when you, when, especially at my age, I grew up thinking that the only two people here were black and white because they're yeah. so isolated yeah. out of the conversation. You know, yeah. what I mean? and then all of a sudden you get older, you're like, wait a minute, there's other people here, and it's like, wait, what have we, what have we done because of this isolated conversation that we've kind of exaggerated and put out so much. What I love is your ability to, first of all, just nail that uh, and and say, hey, we've got to, and I think this is why it's so important for believers to lead social issues and conversations yeah. with faith. There and, you go. And focus, not focus. We, wouldn't on, be, we would not be in a space if we had more voices yeah. that were leading well, you know? Yeah. Um, and you, you, What's so funny is that when I look at your fan base, 
they represent what you just said. You got your fan bases, <laughs> a, a multitude. Dude, of dude the, big, the biggest show I've ever done in my life was at Staples Center, and I I don't think there was. It was I think me and the band were pretty much the only white people there, <laughs> and the rest of them were Korean Americans. <laughs> I'm like, I, I like it when I like it when I go up to someone who I would think in stereotype whatever I would think is like a gangster, and they're like, "Yo, you like David Crowder, bro?" <laughs> <laughs> that that is my that's the best. See that that's when that's when you understand and see and and the broadness of music in general. Like what the you know if you went to any random human at JC Penney's today, right, exactly. said let me see your playlist, let me see your Spotify and what you just listened to. Oh my word, the diversity there! Like what what we identify with and respond to as a human being represents the 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 broadness and the diversity of creation. Like, uh, I, you know, I think I think all the time what one of the one of the strangest most dissonant things is when people talk about going to the mountains and they're like, Oh man, just to get in God's creation, how beautiful it is. Mount like the Rocky mountains, those that's the most horrific destructive force that created a thing that we call beautiful. Cool. And for me, that, that is like the tension and, and the potential for how we feel as a disruption Absolutely. between us racially. It's like, there's difficulty in it for sure, and there's struggle in it. And but what on the other side we can call beautiful, I think it's worth all of the stuff. Yeah, you know? you know, it's it's the exact same reason why we call childbirth beautiful. Current FM has good news. The FCC has approved our application to triple our radio signal. We get to go up in power. We've been praying for this for so long, but we can't do this without your help. We are asking you to help fund this power increase as we'll need to buy a bigger transmitter and antenna. The price for these items alone will be approximately $75,000. Can you help us reach the amount needed so we can quickly get the power increase up and going? You can easily donate securely online at CurrentFM.com. You can also send in a check to Current FM, 3500 Virginia Beach Boulevard, Suite 201, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23452. We are nonprofit and tax deductible. It's because of your prayers that we received favor from the FCC, and we can't thank you enough for those prayers and for your financial support through the years. Help Current FM in reaching more people and seeing more lives changed in the years ahead. As, oh, as tough yeah. as it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I even think about Eve, like, she was told that her childbearing pains were going to increase. By the time she asked the child, she says, with the help of the Lord. Right. I, I don't, Whoa, this yeah. is something I didn't told you it was going to be painful. Like, but, that, but that shows you when we really walk through, we've got, like you said, we can address that tension uh, without becoming part of the tension. Or, Absolutely. Or, or one side or the other. I do have to ask you, uh, like, uh, to, to for the, especially with the artists that are out there, how do you know when this music thing like god is calling you to this music thing uh because so many people love music for so many different reasons how do you know when it's uh it's for you man that is a that too is a wonderfully phrased question um i, I feel called to jesus and i feel like okay if i am to follow him how how then should i 
bring people into the story. And I think what you do immediately is look at what you're good at, what you love, and then you try to follow what you, you're good at and what you love. Because if you're doing what you love and you're good at, then people will listen to you. Yeah. If you're doing something, if you're in your lane and things are flowing, if you're in the flow, people around you will be like, what's up, man? Like, I, whatever you, whenever you're talking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hear you out because it seems like you're doing what you should be doing. And I'd love to be doing it. I'm supposed to be doing. And, yeah. and the first part of that is following Jesus. And then I think the rest of the stuff starts to fall in line. And then you realize, like I, I was saying, it's like, then you apply yourself to whatever that thing is that you've been, you know, put, what, whatever God's put in your hands, then you apply yourself to it and you do the work because why? Because it's, it's for the glory of God. Since you've been on, I had Jesse Ventura on. Really? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Oh, how was that? No, no, no. I did. I I know that you did that. I did not check it out though. How was that? A night. It was a nightmare. He's. You got to like watch every word you say, right? I mean, he talked for. Here it is, right there. He talked for seven. He talked for seventeen hundred year. He talked for seventeen hundred <laughs> years to hours. Okay. Yeah. It was unbelievable. He's like, oh, you know, I drink four loco. He just kept going off. He's like, I drink four locos. I drink, I drink six locos. I drink four times six. I'll drink twenty four locos. And I love America, so I moved to Cuba. He yeah, said, or something. It's like he's in the.
know, it's uh, it's really hard to not get discouraged, but I mean, not I don't have a choice. You know, you got your and the brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, when you know that that's all you have, you know, it's tough because everybody has their own definition of what support is. You know, anyway. It's all good, folks. <laughs>